Welcome into Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn. He is Griffin. Sorry, a little delayed start there. Got a lot to do on a uh, Tuesday edition of the program. It is uh, time for us to preview Waiver Wire Wednesday, so we'll do that a little bit later on. We'll talk more Ravens throughout the course of the morning. NBA season gets underway tonight. We will get to that as well. All coming up on the show. Today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. It is the best place to watch and bet on everything. Same game parlay plus now available in the FanDuel Sportsbook. You can include both teams involved in a single game in one same game parlay. Plus, you can go up to 25 legs in that same game parlay bet. Find out more right now. The FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Um... Weird sort of, I don't know, I we lose our minds. I'm going to take a minute here at the top of the show. By the way, how are you feeling today, Griffin? You okay? Yeah, I feel Did good. Survival, feel good. Every, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, had a nice, uh, you know, had a nice an, bathroom, a couple yeah, bathroom banyo, visits, Yeah, right? And everything yeah. everything came out okay? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Yeah, right? Good. Everything's uh, good? Uh, there might be like, I don't know, might, some, some, some flatulence, yeah, some flatulence some that might you know, sneak you, out throughout uh, the show. But. You, uh, you think you're going to be the $28 taco, dollar Taco Bell meal man now moving forward? Do you think you might convert yourself to um, being that guy? No, but I could definitely see myself probably may, potentially being like an 18 to $20 Taco Bell guy. Okay. Because up until those... Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the nachos just weren't for me. Like uh, those, that just wasn't. I don't. I don't think that's a good. Uh, I don't think that's that's their best uh, offering on the menu. I so. don't think there is such a thing. So we'll just well, leave it at no, that. No, no, uh, uh, they uh, have plenty of good mm, options. But the, agree to disagree. But on the that nachos, particular. the nachos slowed me down a lot because those just weren't. Those just weren't very good. Yeah. Uh, well, but. again, you keep using those words. I'm not sure you know what they mean. There's nothing on there that's very good. Uh, I did All my right. home. I did my homework over the weekend too. By the oh, way. Oh yeah, which one? I did. Um, can't hardly wait. Ooh, yeah. that's a good one. I tell you what, we might get to a movie report later on okay. in the show. We'll see about that. I'm not gonna do it at the top, but I'm very happy about that. that is, you buried the lead there, sir. You really <laughs> probably should have mentioned that at some point before now. I am very excited about. Well, that. it was a busy day yesterday with the Ravens. Ah, ah, ah. But yeah, he's about <laughs> this tall. He wears t-shirts sometimes. <laughs> All right. Anyway. I was I was confused because you you said it was mm-hmm. an Ethan Embry movie, but it was mm-hmm. very clearly a Seth Green movie. Well, Seth Green definitely had a role, but that doesn't I, mean that this the central figure is Ethan Embry. I don't know. Seth Green kind of stole the show. No, no, no. <laughs> no, trust me. I love Special K as much as any man loves Special K. Big Seth Green guy in these parts, but the the central figure in the film is Ethan Embry. It's his picture. Sure. There's but a lot of great performances. Jennifer Love Hewitt, lovely, lovely. Trip McNeely, film. Trip McNeely, Trip McNeely, <laughs> man, Trip McNeely. Girls around here still talk about you. Yeah, who? God, I love Can't Hardly Wait. It's a perfect film. All right, uh, here's the deal. So we lose our minds. Give me a minute. We lose our minds. We lose the ability to um, process and. And there's this new thing that exists, and it's existed essentially since social media has come around, which is we, f- we, we are fighting a little bit about what occurs, and then we fight more about the reaction to what occurs. When the Ravens lose, we lose all capacity for thought. This is what the Ravens have going for them here in this market. This market centers itself around this football team. 
for the most part. I mean, that's it's unfair to say within people that care at least mildly about sports. There are there are people, believe it or not, and you may know them in your life that don't care at all. That it, it does not impact them whatsoever. Presumably, those people will have nothing to do with this show, and I don't need to speak to them. I don't think. But for anyone who at least mildly cares about sports, we are obsessed. Football is, of course, king of everything within the world of sports. And the Ravens, by virtue of being a successful, meaningful franchise within the NFL, have carved out a really unique place in this city where their week-to-week results set the tone for the entire city. And for 24 to 48 hours following a football game, everyone loses their effing minds. I don't. I used to call it winning replacement theory with the Orioles. I don't know what it's called anymore. But at some point, we pivot from talking about what occurred to talking about people who are talking about what occurred. Our discourse becomes more based in fighting with each other about you're wrong, you're wrong, you're right, the whole thing. It We lose our minds in the process. So instead of the debate being about, hey, what happened on Sunday, the debate's now about... Do you guys care too much about wide receivers and you're not criticizing this person enough? And we're fighting with each other. And I take it back to this winning replacement theory that I had once upon a time with the Orioles, which was the Orioles never won. So fans needed to feel like they were winning. And the only way to feel like they were winning was to fight with other people and their opinions. Drew and I would talk about it regularly. Drew and I would try to suffer through doing four hours of morning radio in a market where the baseball team did not matter whatsoever. It was hell every morning. Grateful that the Orioles had a meaningful season this year, but I think we all remember what it was like. And Drew and I, in a time where there were big audiences, there was no such thing as podcasts, we would go on every morning from 6 to 10 a.m., and for the entirety of the summer, baseball would be irrelevant. They weren't losing with purpose. They were just losing. You weren't trying to identify future talent. They were just losing. It was miserable. And so we would do bits and we would do shtick and we would do various things to try to attempt to entertain on a sports radio station in a market where the baseball team was irrelevant. And some of those things we we would have fun with. And then people would fight with us. And I always say this doesn't this doesn't actually bother me. I get it. The Orioles stink, so the ardent Orioles fans don't get to feel winning, and they need to replace it with something else. Can't can't win on the field, so let me try to win in some bizarre argument with you about Felix P.A. and why you're wrong about Felix P.A., why this crap guy that was on the team was had more to offer and was more interesting than your... I want to win that because I don't get to feel what it's like to win with my team. My team doesn't win. What's obviously far different with the Ravens. The Ravens win plenty. But because there are only so many games, because the nature of football season, anytime they don't win, we want to feel something that replaces winning. So we end up fighting each other. Last night, I I made an innocuous comment. I think our buddy Cole Jackson tweeted out a video of Tyler Linderbaum putting together a really... nice block 
And it goes back to something that Griffin and I talked about yesterday when we did pads or slaps of the helmet, where I said, look, man, the frustrating part about Tyler Linderbaum is he hasn't played poorly. It's just that we're thinking about the mistakes he's made, and they've overwhelmed all of the good things he's done. If you go actually watch the video of Tyler Linderbaum for the season, you see so many of the things that people saw. You understand why it is that people were high on Tyler Linderbaum. The problem being, what stands out is some critical mistakes. That's a very innocuous comment. It's complimentary of Tyler Linderbaum. It's the whole thing. But of course, because this is the nature of what we do, we just want to fight about things. And so everybody's, you sound like a typical dumb fan. You don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. We lose our minds. We're incapable. We can't do it. Again, it's a credit to the Ravens. They have that much going for them within this market. They are so important. They really are. It's like, you know, the, the, our, our, um, our institutions and the Ravens. That's what we have. And I'm happy for them that they've created that in this city where they're that significant, where they're the center of the universe within Baltimore. But we panic and we flip out and we lose our minds. And even reasonable, again, the most innocuous of commentary makes us lose our minds. You don't yell about the offensive coordinator enough. You don't do this. It's not his fault. How dare you? It, my God. The answer to all of it is yes. Yes is the answer. When the Ravens don't lose, the answer is almost always yes. The idea, as I said yesterday, there is one simple thing that would explain what's going on with the Ravens. Nonsense. It would be nice. It would be very nice if, if the Ravens had one unique problem and you could hone in on that unique problem. It would be easy if the Ravens, again, for all of you that want to complain about Greg Roman, the Ravens have one of the top offenses in football, according to advanced statistics. I, we're just doing this because we want to. Because we've either predetermined that we don't like Greg Roman or whatever. But the actual statistics say the offense is very good. You know, I don't feel as though they did enough at wide receiver. I know my buddy uh, Spencer Schultz, Baltimore Beatdown, pointed out, like, hey, the Giants don't have a lot of wide receiver either. That's true. It doesn't mean they can't win. There's nothing that says a team that doesn't have as much talent at a certain position as another team can't win. Or that if you get two teams to play against each other and neither of them has a lot of talent at a certain position, one of them has to win. But to be dismissive of it, to try to pretend like, no, this is actually a really good group of wide receivers, is nonsense. Uh, my, my buddy Steven, who's been going at it with me for a couple days now, continues to try to say that. Well, this could be a really good group of wide receivers. They just had someone else to work with. I, I, sure? I mean, sure? I don't know what that means, but okay, let's go with that. M maybe if... Um, I'm trying to think of somebody who wouldn't be offended that I'm close enough with that I could say this. Uh, uh, my buddy Pat Scare. Maybe if they could just have Phil Jackson coach Towson, they could win the national championship. Or, or maybe, you know... Towson's players are probably not quite good enough to win the national championship. You know what I mean? 
No offense. And, you know, Pat knows I love him. But God bless you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Um, it, at some point, we have to acknowledge the evidence that we have. The evidence with the Ravens says two things. One, the wide receivers aren't getting enough separation. That's one. We've got that. Now, you could say, hey, could run, one, run different routes. Last night, we got into a fight because Ryan Mink, and I get it, it's always weird when you, you always wonder about the agenda of someone who's employed by the team. I've talked about that for a long time. It's an uncomfortable situation to be in. Frankly, it's why I made the decision some time ago to stop having BaltimoreRavens.com writers on the show, even though I like those guys a lot on a personal level. I probably haven't told them that enough. They probably... I. It, it might be awkward for them, but I like Ryan, and I like Garrett, and I like, I, I don't even know if, I, I, said, I think Clifton's still over there. I like Clifton Brown, and I, John Eisenberg's one of, like, was a mentor type to me. I like all of those guys. I love them. But it's just difficult now, me not knowing, kind of, sometimes I wonder about the agenda of someone who works with a team. I just don't know, so I kind of made a decision, not publicly, that we weren't going to put team writers on any longer because I just never knew. But Ryan Mink sends out this video last night of the play where Lamar gets sacked. And the reality is, and I apologize for not remembering who the receiver is, but there's a receiver standing wide open with a great short route on the left sideline. And Lamar has plenty of time to look off of Mark Andrews and see that guy wide open before he gets sacked and fumbles the ball. And I end up in this, like, hours-long battle. I didn't get it. Part of it was I had the time because I was dealing... I. I had a sick kid last night, or a kid with a headache, whatever it was. Not sick, I'm fine. Um, but a kid that just wasn't feeling good. And so I was hanging with him, and I was on my phone, and so I had, normally I wouldn't have the time to, to deal with these things. But it was just so fascinating to me, the lengths that we were trying to willing to go to pretend like there wasn't an open receiver on this play. Well, yeah, but that's not a play that they run a lot. What the F does that even mean? There's a receiver in a perfect spot. Exactly what you should be doing to get a drive started. Yeah, well, I mean, but they could have been running the ball because they had all three of their timeouts. Sure, and if they run the ball and pick up two yards, now they got to blow a timeout. Now they have two, and they have to score a touchdown. This wasn't a situation where they needed a field goal. They needed to score a touchdown on this drive. The perfect scenario would be Pick up some yards, get moving, use the sideline, protect your timeouts should something go wrong. Like, say, a sack. Have your timeouts if you need them, if you get down inside the five-yard line and you don't want to be rushed. Or you need a short yardage situation where, you know, fourth and inches where you're going to want to run the ball, you're going to want to call a timeout afterwards. Something like that. We're so desperate for our own agendas that we're unwilling to acknowledge what's happening. We want it to be about fortify our opinion. My opinion is this. So anything that feels like it fortifies my opinion is the thing that matters and nothing else does. Steve Smith doesn't like Greg Roman, so data be damned. Steve Smith is right. He did. There was a video that somebody sent me where... He's talking about, yeah, I, I like P Porsche. 
I'm just not sure that the guy that doesn't know the name of the wide receiver is exactly the expert on what that guy could bring to the table, which doesn't, to me, say that I know that James Prochet stinks. It's that I have no evidence that James Prochet is a quality NFL wide receiver, and neither does anyone else. So to say that he is, we're just doing it for our health. We're doing it because we want the answer to be Greg Roman. Now, I've said a million times, I am still confused. I wrote a column about it. It's there. You can go find it. The internet exists. Pressboxonline.com. Go to columnists. Search Glenn Clark. It'll be one of the first things you see. I think my power rankings are up now today, so that might be the first thing you see. But the next thing you'll see is my column, which absolutely dives into, I don't understand what the Ravens were doing. I don't get it. I don't get why they made the moves they made this offseason if they wanted to be a team that threw the ball more. That doesn't make sense. If that's what they wanted to do, Greg Roman doesn't do that. He's not that guy. We know what Greg Roman is as an offensive coordinator, and for whatever you feel about him, he's maybe the greatest of all time at doing what he does. If the Ravens wanted to do something else, I don't know why he's back. And I sure as F don't know why it was that they didn't think they needed to get more good players on the field. I'm incredibly confused by it. The same way that I was confused when the Ravens knew that the one thing that Joe Flacco unquestionably did well was throw the ball downfield. He had a cannon of an arm. And they decided to hire an offensive coordinator whose entire history was throw 50 passes short over the middle. What? What? How does that make sense? And that's the way that I feel about bringing Greg Roman back, not getting any receivers, making your receiving core worse, and then trying to throw the ball more. I don't get it. I don't understand. That makes no sense. Does Greg Roman deserve blame? Perhaps. Does John Harbaugh deserve blame because that doesn't make sense? Yes, 100%. Does the front office deserve blame for not putting better players on the field? I think so, yes. It feels like you're not all working together. Did the front office work under the assumption that the Ravens are trying to run the ball more and then that didn't, I don't know. Does Lamar Jackson deserve blame? Yes, and that's the point of all of this. The idea that it's any one thing is nonsense. Nonsense. It's the dumb things we say because we want to be right about our opinions. It's the skip bailization of the world. Be right, everything else be damned. And I get it. Skip Bayless has done well for himself by becoming a carnival barker. And because of that, we all believe that we too should be carnival barkers. And instead of saying... I went back and forth with uh, my guy Thirst Round Pick last night, and I just couldn't get him to say, hey, yeah, maybe Lamar Jackson should have thrown it to the open receiver on the sideline, which is a protected throw because he has the sideline to work with. His body is blocking a defender. There's literally nothing bad that can happen on that play. He has plenty of time to see it. Any NFL quarterback should be able to make that throw. Maybe he should have made it. I can't get that person to say it because if they say it, they don't get to stay on their Greg Roman horse. The moment you suggest anything else might be a problem, anything at all, you're relenting. 
It's like dealing with politicians. These crazy people can't say, well, I'll, if I lose, I'll recognize the results of the election. Because if you say that, it's like some sort of freaking weakness with these psychopaths that you want to have vote for you. And it's not a one-side thing. There's plenty of things on the other side that are stupid, too. Let me make that abundantly clear. It's, my God. We've lost our minds. We're not capable. It's a dark time, man. What happened to the Ravens on Sunday? A bunch of things. A ton of them. But mostly, what happened to them was insane mental mistakes. Do they have good enough wide receivers? No. You, you can't. There is nothing that suggests they do. You can use the, you can wag the dog and say, hey, well, other teams don't have great wide receivers too. Fine. That doesn't change what the Ravens have. What someone else has has nothing to do with what the Ravens have. Do the Ravens have good enough wide receivers? Literally no evidence that suggests that's the case. None. The evidence is to the contrary. Did Lamar Jackson screw up multiple times? For whatever reason, whether it's because in Lamar Jackson's mind, he's constantly trying to make a bigger play. It's something that Rita and I have talked about a long time. But there is something about Lamar where he has seemed unwilling of just taking what's in front of him. Where he has constantly seemed to want to make big plays. Whether that's in his psychology, because of his escapability, because of his you know, pure raw speed and athleticism that in his mind he says, why am I going to just throw it underneath? If the big play is not there, I can go get that myself. Or it's because, you know, he's thinking about wanting to be a hero and getting a contract. I don't know. I don't know the psychology of Lamar Jackson. I don't know. Is it because he doesn't trust the wide receivers that are on the field? It's possible. Any of these things could be true, but it doesn't absolve him of blame. You can never toss the ball up like he did on the interception. And while, yes, the pocket ultimately collapsed, he had time and an open wide receiver immediately to his left on the sideline for a gain to keep things moving on the strip sack. He didn't get the ball there. And you can say, well, I would have called a different play or you could have done something different. You could do whatever you want to say because you don't like Greg Roman, but you can't change fact. It's there. We're so caught up in how much we don't like the coordinator that we will ignore reality in the process. And I'm not telling you that I think that Greg Roman is a great offensive coordinator. I've already said in this rant where I'm losing my mind for no reason whatsoever just because I'm worked up on a Tuesday morning. I've already told you that I don't understand why Greg Roman was brought back if this is what the Ravens wanted to do offensively. I'm giving you that. But you can't blame this on Greg Roman. The play worked. Lamar Jackson didn't hit the receiver that was open on the left sideline. Be as mad about that as you want to be. Try to ignore it as much as you want to ignore it, but you can't rewrite history. You can't make something something else because you don't like it. This doesn't fit my narrative, so I want to ignore it. 
Maybe we don't have narratives. Maybe we understand that a lot of things happen. You conspire in order to lose games. Maybe we think like that. And then maybe you look around and you realize that the entire NFL is about as mid as it possibly can be. I put together my power rankings last night, and the Chargers are the seventh best, and the Jets are the eighth best team in the NFL. If that doesn't scream at you how mid this entire league. If I literally made the power rankings and I made everybody in the NFL besides the Bills and Eagles, if I had listed them all as being three and three, nobody would have argued because you don't know the difference. Everyone in the NFL feels like they're three and three except for those two teams. If I just said three and three is the record for every other team, I don't even think you would have debated it. You would have been like, yeah, that, that, I think that's right. That's, a, that's about right. Maybe the Chiefs. Maybe you would know the Chiefs are four and two. I don't know. Then you would probably think some of the teams are worse than that. But you're not sure which ones. Because even the bad teams have figured out. The Commanders figured out a way to win a couple of games. The Ravens and the Commanders have a one-game difference in their record. Because everyone is mediocre. And it's week six. And that's the other frustrating part about all of this. It's why I keep saying it would just be easier if they stunk. If somehow they were 0-6, then we could rail and lose our minds. They're not. They're a 3-3 they're a three and three football team who every statistic, the advanced statistics, the stuff that we all dive into and accept and say, this is what matters, says they're one of the best teams. They're the number three DVOA team in football. All of it, it all gets thrown into the pile. And we're doing, like my buddy Drew is doing a bit where he's like, John looks like he's 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 just frustrated. He looks like he's, you know, he 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 looks like he's tired of this. What? It's somebody, my buddy. I, I, I'm not gonna throw him into the bus because I don't know. Um, he actually is a, a somewhat important person in this state. But I had a I had a, somebody message me yesterday. I think Tarbs has lost the team. What are we doing? God. They lost the game. And it sucks because they shouldn't have lost the game. But we're just saying anything. Like, imagine if they were bad. Imagine. We don't do this well. We are, we are, we are toxic. We lose our minds, our ability to think. All of the things can be true. It can be true that they were terrible mental mistakes, that Lamar Jackson played like doo-doo down the stretch. That it doesn't make sense that Greg Roman was the guy that they were doing and they would not go get better wide receivers if they wanted to be a team that threw the ball. Or maybe that they're doing something that they don't intend to do once they have all their running backs on the field. I don't know. I don't know. All those things can be true, but yet they're still 3-3 three and three and very much among the most competitive teams in the NFL. And we are losing our minds. Which, as I said, begin with is a statement about the control and the power the Ravens have over this entire market. I just, I, I, I don't even know what this was. Like six different things set me off yesterday. It's about a spoiled uh, fan base, essentially. It's I, sort of about a spoiled fan base. I think it's also about the, we don't have a lot of other things going on here. I think that's the reality. I think, like, I compare it to Arizona where they lost a lot and everybody was like, yeah, I'm just going to go outside. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's 78 degrees in October. I'm, I'm cool. Like, I'm going to go 
have a nice yeah, day. It's the combination of I'm, now that it's 30 uh, degrees uh, in the morning. Right. Here. I'm, I'm going to go play golf. My day is going to be okay. I'm not going to be impacted by the result of the, like my life won't be centered around this football. And I get it. I'm thrown in the middle because of what I do for a living. The majority of my timeline, the majority of, you know, the people that I interact with are people that are inclined to be obsessed. I understand that. I, and frankly, I need those people. Without those people, I've got nothing, right? Like, if we didn't have those people, I don't, I, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. I don't really have any other appreciable skills. I'm not really sure I have this as a skill. I, I, it's, it's this weird bit where, like, I get it. I mean, I do. I get it. But at the same time, what in the world? What in the world? And if I could offer one kind of major takeaway, it would be consider, and I would say the same thing about like most political topics. I don't know. I think some are pretty black and white. The idea that something is so black and white that you're willing to ride it into the ground and die on a hill is nonsense. You don't know more than everyone else. Sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're going to be right. But you're going to be wrong too. I thought the Ravens should have traded for Julio Jones a couple years ago. I was wrong. Big time wrong. And I'm going to be wrong more in the future. And I get it. It's it's more fun to be loud and like say I'm going to... I'm just going to try to get a bunch of attention on social media. And I know I'm yelling at a cloud because we have made that, like, again, it's like trying to explain to somebody why the liver king is famous. I don't know because the internet. We see that and we're like, hey, if we're just really loud about one thing, then maybe we can get famous because of it. It doesn't matter if you're actually, I have no idea if the liver king is doing anything right. I have no idea if he's bettering society in any way. Because he's obsessed with something, we've made him famous. Not me. I don't I don't take I don't care about any of his content. Uh, are you sure? I feel like maybe you are the person behind every Sure you. It's not my I mean like whatever. Account. I don't hate him either. I don't I'm indifferent towards the guy. Do whatever you want to do. You want to go out and eat penises? Go do it, man. I don't God bless you. I mean, he appears to be in good shape. I mean, I I think he's a healthy fella. I don't I don't know. Good for him. I ain't mad. I mean, I got way more things that I'd be mad about in my life than the the, the, the liver king. Do you think he wants Greg Roman fired? What's that? Do you think the liver king wants Greg Roman fired? Uh, <laughs> we can try to reach out. Yeah. See if we can get a statement about the liver king and Greg Roman. All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I was flying off the handle this morning. I'm sorry. It's not It's my, not my intent. I am I'm trying to just – my mind is blown by all of it. And again, look, we'll we'll engage because that's what we do. Like we're going to engage about the various topics. We'll engage about the wide receivers. We'll engage about, you know, how much blame the coaching staff should get. We'll engage about, you know, why it is that Lamar Jackson is struggling the way that he is. Like we can engage about all of these things because they're all relevant. And in trying to figure out the path forward for the Baltimore Ravens, it's a little bit of everything. They could definitely use Rashad Bateman back. Well, that could come this Sunday. That would be great news. We've got the statistics. The numbers say they're vastly better with Rashad Bateman on the field than they are without him. So we start there. And I like Rashad Bateman a lot. I don't think he's a superstar, but I think he's got about as much talent as anyone we've seen play the position in a long time here. So that would be very good news 
for the Ravens. They got Rashad Bateman back. That doesn't mean I wouldn't still be interested in wide receivers. A lot of people are mad. Hey, did um, did the Ravens try to get Robbie Anderson? I don't know. And if they did, they don't want you to know that for what it's worth. If the Ravens were in the market for Robbie Anderson and didn't get him, they're not going to want you to be aware of it. Given the way it ended in Carolina, you could certainly see where maybe John Harbaugh would say, I'd rather not, right? But Marcus Peters, people said at times, was a problem. And he's, for the most part, other than the thing a couple weeks ago, he's been great in Baltimore. So I don't know. I don't know. I would like to think the Ravens were at least involved in the conversations. If they weren't, I think that's nuts. And if you want to rage about Deshaun Jackson, rage about Deshaun Jackson. I'm in a weird place. There was a a joke, a, a, a Twitter joke going around yesterday um, about uh, the Ravens uh, maybe giving a workout to uh, Calvin Johnson. It was a great tweet. I love the tweet. I thought it was hilarious, honestly. Um, it was from somebody named Cam Schneider. Veteran wide receiver Calvin Megatron Johnson is scheduled to visit the Ravens on Wednesday per source. He fits right into Baltimore, and it's a philosophy at the wide receiver position. And my response was, y'all can laugh about this all you want. But you are not going to convince me that 37-year-old Calvin Johnson couldn't still be better than some of the alternatives. Like, I, I don't – I'm not telling you – like, this is – I used to do this every year. I used to do a Would You Rather Wednesday with Calvin Johnson every year for five years after he retired about, you know, would you rather blank or the Ravens can somehow coax Calvin Johnson out of retirement and get the Lions to trade him here. Now, I've given up on that. I'm not actually trying to suggest that it would be a good idea to try to get 37-year-old Calvin Johnson out of retirement, but you can't tell me. Like, I know how good that dude was. You can't tell me it's a zero at this point. I refuse to believe that. The guy was a, a not, not a 10. He was a 15 and a half. I mean, at this point, regression might have him back to being a seven, which is better than I can say for some of the alternatives. I don't have any interest at all in Deshaun Jackson. Zero. None. None. Not even the slightest interest in Deshaun Jackson. Not even remote interest in Deshaun Jackson. That being said, what is the alternative? Tylen Wallace. And I hope that Tylen Wallace becomes a football player, man. I'm not trying to be down on Tylen Wallace, but like... It, 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 Kyle and I used to joke about this all the time. Like when they would sign Devere Posey, people would roll their eyes and be like, "Yeah, sure, to sign Devere Posey." I mean, sign real players too, but sign Devere Posey. Figure, do everything in your power to try to find wide receivers anywhere you possibly can because you're not good at it. I'm of course opposed to Deshaun Jackson, but like, do I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard? I don't know. I've probably heard dumber. Maybe not today, but, I mean, I've heard dumber, I think, in my life. They need real football players. But those real football players aren't available for the most part. Like, I want DJ Moore to be available, but I'm skeptical of that. I think he's available if you're willing to pay a drastic price for him. And I'm not telling you that I wouldn't be willing to pay a drastic price for him. Like, this is the problem with the situation that you're in. I don't know that I actually helped anything here. I, I, I'm think excited. I, just, I, I, think I would, I made I would be worse. excited for Deshaun Jackson. He was like my favorite player when I was a kid. Great. So, Great. so I would it's be like, helpful. oh, this is cool. It's, so like when, when the or, it's like when Buck Showalter thought he was getting, getting Jim Tomey at the end of his <laughs> career. Was so I remember how that guy, the Vladimir Guerrero press conference, was one of the funniest things ever. Buck Showalter's like, man, I'm nervous. This is so exciting. Like, <laughs> no, it's not. 
I love Vladimir Guerrero. Like one of my favorite baseball players of all time. But stop. This ain't Vladimir Guerrero. You're getting a dude. God, he couldn't help himself with the pencil and Jim Tomey in the middle of the lineup every day. Like he was still Jim Tomey. Throw me nuts. All right. Uh, today's show also brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. You can reserve yours right now. Ginsugrills.com is the website. It is the perfect ceramic uh, home grill or tailgate for searing, grilling, baking, and smoking all kinds of food. Use the code tailgate. You'll get $100 off your order. And come see the Ginsu Kamado Grill in action and register to win your own and $500 worth of grilling meats. Every Ravens home game, stop by the game day firehouse, the Firefighters Union Hall, just west of the stadium, 1202 Ridgely Street. We'll come back in. We will chat with Sam Joku of uh, now with SI.com. He's got a new gig. We're going to talk to him about that. Our buddy Sam joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5544. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. All right, back in here on GCR. I'm going to try to get it back together. And trust me, uh, Proctor and Dave and Tom, no, I'm not actually advocating for the Ravens signing Deshaun Jackson. By no means do I think that's a good idea. 
I'm, I'm, I'm more just sort of trying to make a statement about how bad it is. I, do, I, I think it's nuts. I don't know. I don't. It never hurts anyone. You want to bring somebody in for a workout. I think they brought in Des Bryant for workouts like four times before they ultimately signed him, and then, you know, he didn't hurt the team. I, I'm not. It's a, it's a very weird bit. I'm not. I am. It, I will never ever advocate that it's a good idea to sign Deshaun Jackson, but I also don't know how it hurts them to bring him in for a workout today. I don't know how it makes the Ravens worse. I just not worked up about it the way you guys are. Did I laugh about it when I saw it? Yes, of course. Of course, I laughed about it. But I'm not like ready to scream and yell and like it's way more a nothing to me than anything else. Like it's way more just a okay. There's that right. Like maybe the guy could still be a returner. Right, and maybe if you need to have Devin Duvernay more involved, you need somebody else. I don't really want to move Devin Duvernay out of the return roles because he's been really good. But maybe, maybe, maybe you need somebody to to be a returner. All right, really quickly. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Our buddy Samuel Joku has a new gig. He's writing with SI.com, talking Ravens these days, and he joins us now here on GCR. Sam, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Thanks for reaching out, man. Good um, to be back on the yeah. writing spectrum. Yeah, tell me about the new gig, dude. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just a freelance gig for now, but, you know, I'm back to writing for SI. Uh, I was privileged with CBS Baltimore. Uh, I was just waiting for the right uh, time to come back and uh, write about Ravens sports, but, you know, they, the opportunity presented itself, and I couldn't turn it down. So It's cool, man. Back I doing s- what I love. I saw your first piece. It's about quite the uh, the hot-button issue that uh, everybody's getting worked up about this week, which is um, the lack thereof when it comes to production from the wide receiver position. And, Sam, I, like, I'm in a weird place because I, I, it's twofold for me. Like, I don't think the receivers are good enough. I don't. I guess I don't know that, right? Like, most of them we just don't have enough evidence with. But it's, it's so bigger picture for me. It's that I'm so confused as to what the strategy was for this team going into this season. If they wanted to throw the ball more, why did they bring back Greg Roman? Like, we, you know what Greg Roman does. That's, that's not it. Why did you make yourself worse at wide receiver than, you know, the middle of the road group that you even had a year ago if you were planning on throwing the ball more? We, I think a lot of us were convinced they were trying to get back to the 2019 running style based on what they did. I'm I'm terribly confused by what the thought process was this off season. If this is what they were going to be trying to do, well, you're not alone on that. I mean, I definitely came into the season thinking that the Ravens were definitely trying to go back to their 2019 uh, way of life, and I think early on that was probably their their goal. But the uh, struggles with the run game at the start of the season probably played a part in it. And with the success of the passing game, uh, Lamar started with 10 touchdowns to only two interceptions the first three weeks, I believe that I think they believe that they can kind of get some production and then went away from that. Now the talent of the wide receiver group has kind of reared its ugly head the last three weeks. Um, coupled that with the uh, injury to Rashad Bateman and we're kind of this, we're in this weird situation where the Ravens want to continue to pass the ball effectively, uh, but they don't have the weapons to do so. Um, and also the running game is starting to pick up uh, with the Giants game uh, as a big uh, outlier for that. So, it's going to be very interesting to see how they move forward with it. Um, they did bring in Deshaun Jackson for a workout. I think they're doing that today. 
I think I laughed at Griffin when, earlier when he said that he was a big fan of him when he was right. <laughs> a kid. So yeah. that's yeah. Yeah, we're in a weird position for sure if you're a Ravens fan. Sure. There's lots of things I was a fan of at some point in my childhood. It doesn't necessarily mean that they need to return. Like, for example, I'm not <laughs> really in favor of doing another Ralphie Christmas story movie, but yet here we are in 2022. Um, exactly. I, I will watch it for what it's worth. Um, you know, like, and that's the thing. It's, it's, it's easy to say, hey, you need to go get a wide receiver. And I... I, I agree. I think the Ravens should be in the market for the wide re- a wide receiver at the trade deadline, but it's going to cost you, and and it's going to cost you seriously if you want a good one. Like The guys that you can get are the guys that you're like, meh, I don't really know how I feel about that. This is the reality of the circumstances that they're in. So the dumbest thing I can say is, yeah, go try to trade for a wide receiver. I think they should. I just... I, I don't know. We, we can keep doing all the bit that we want where we want the Panthers to trade away DJ Moore, but why would they? Like, what they want to have a quarterback in the future. That's, they're not trying to give up for the next five years. And that is a great point. Uh, you know, the Panthers have been linked to Sean Payton, and uh, I, I doubt Sean Payton will want to come in without CMC and DJ Moore to work with. So, and couple that with the trade of Robbie Anderson yesterday. Right. And the price just went up for DJ Moore. So, if the Ravens fans and even the front office, if their plan is to get DJ Moore, it's going to cost them a pretty penny. But that's kind of the situation they put themselves in. And if they want to excel this season uh, with, during the path that they're going with, the passing game being at the forefront, they're going to have to make some sort of move. I I I I agree. I just I don't know what it's going to be. Sam Ojoku is, exactly is with <laughs> us. He's got a new gig at uh, SI.com, uh, uh, writing about the Ravens, and he's with us here on GCR. Sam, the the other thing that I like, I I feel like we've created this world where you know we're very narrative driven, right? Like our thing is the thing we we can solve. What the problem with the Ravens is. I absolutely believe that what they're doing at wide receiver is not nearly enough, but that doesn't mean that I'm absolving you know other things in the process. I think there are other problems that conspired for them to lose the game to the Giants on Sunday, who you know, as our, our my buddy Spencer Schultz pointed out, also don't have good wide receivers. Um, I I can't. I, there are still things as as much as I love Lamar Jackson and think he's worth every penny of the deal that he's ultimately going to get. I I don't I can't sit here and say. There wasn't there on the, on the strip sack. There's a wide receiver that's wide open on the left sideline. He's there. You got plenty of time to make mm-hmm. that throw, to read your progression, to make the throw. You held on to the ball and you ended up costing the game. Like I think there is room for there to be criticism to go in multiple places for the situation the Ravens find themselves in. Yeah, and look, the league is mediocre enough where the Ravens are still probably a top three to five team in the NFL, if not top two in the conference. Uh, say for maybe the Chiefs or the Bills, take your pick, but. The Ravens have a weird situation with Lamar Jackson where they're looking to extend them most likely. And you want to kind of see what you have in your quarterback. And with those, these wide receivers, it's really hard to judge uh, what his potential is as a passer. We know what he can do as a runner, but if he's going to elevate his uh, game as a passer, I think he needs receivers. Now, look, he didn't play well on Sunday by any stretch. He definitely missed a lot of open uh, receivers. That play, that uh, – Fumble recovery, well, the, I guess you would say the mis-snap that led to mm-hmm. a egregious pick mm-hmm. was just awful, and you hate to see that from a 
former MVP, let alone a four or five year veteran. Right, so, it's what I said. Uh, Dan Orlovsky can't make that throw. No offense to Dan, exactly. like no NFL quarterback can do that. It's there's no there, there's no world in which anyone that plays in this league could think it would be okay to do that. Right, and, and there's plenty of blame to go around, and Lamar definitely showed us some of that. So it's not just the wide receivers for sure, um, but if the Ravens go about their business and maybe pick up Deshaun Jackson or some guy off the street, the Ravens are still going to be uh, competent. Uh, competitors this year and that definitely don't see a way in which they don't make the playoffs this year based on their schedule and uh, level of play so far. Sam, do you worry about the totality of the, the uniqueness of now having blown three double-digit second-half leads? Like, Do you worry at all about how that wears on a group of guys, how that wears on a team? We saw Marlon Humphrey wasn't in the mood and then was tweeting out some, you know, very strange things. Who knows what they might be about? And the you know, kind of gets into your DNA after a little while. Like this is who we are. This is what we do. Do you worry about any of that? Not at all. You know, John Harbaugh. Uh, believe it or not, he he has a hole in this team still. I know I've seen a lot of fans on Twitter suggest that he's lost his team. No, he's still Harbaugh. He's still a top tier uh, head coach. He's going to get these guys together. I'm not worried about that so much. If anything, this kind of shows where they're at. They can usually be 6-0. and um, They've got the short end of the stick these last three games, uh, three losses, I should say. And, you know, that's that's just the way it is right now. But I don't see this kind of playing a big role in it. If anything, he'll probably use this as motivation throughout the rest of the season, getting them to uh, finish games late. You know, the Ravens' defense, uh, much maligned, they're talented enough to really come back from this. Uh, they're, they're, they're doing very well. I think they're tied for third in takeaways so far this season. So I'm not too concerned with uh, how they have lost the games. It's disappointing if you're a Ravens fan. You know, you don't want to lose games that you think you should have won. Um, but I don't think this is going to affect them too much in the long run. Yeah, I, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. I do, it, like, I can't be dismissive of it, right? Like, I can't be dismissive right. of it. It can't be fun. It can't be easy. And... You know, are you completely able to block all of it out in the moments? Like, are you completely? Is there is, is there somebody on the sideline that if they get up, um, you know, fourteen points on Cleveland on Sunday, and then in the fourth quarter the Browns score a touchdown, is there someone who's like, oh, here we go again? Like, it, I, I just don't. I feel like that there is a human element that I can't be utterly dismissive of. But yes, to your point, I I think that every game is its own thing, and. You know, I, I'm not terrified that that's an issue. I'm not losing my mind. Um, what 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 else can we lose our minds about, though, Sam? What else What else is just driving you crazy at this point? Uh, well, I guess the play calling at the goal line has been very suspicious. I was there for the Dolphins game where they went for it on fourth and short by running the ball, uh, either by handing it off to a running back or having Lamar Jackson uh, take it off. But it seems very recently that when they get into the red zone, they're very pass-happy. Yeah, which I'm okay with. You know, I, I love the fact that the Ravens are uh, trying to pass the ball, even though they don't lack, they don't have the weapons to really excel at it. But you know, uh, when you're down in a five and you're having Kenyon Drake, who's just pretty much gashing the Giants' defense, you'd like to see them pretty much uh, go with the, what's working and run the football and you know get into the end zone. But other than that, there's really not much to be uh, worried about. You know, the Ravens are still. Uh, tied for first place in the division. Uh, they don't play a team with a winning record for the rest of the way. So there's much to be happy about. But, again, if you're a Ravens fan, you'd rather be 6-0 and than 3-3, and, and they're heading up to do that. So let's just 
Yeah, uh, it's frustrating. Your I, I, yeah, I sure. agree. It's frustrating. All right. Uh, at San Joku Sports on Twitter is how you follow him. And uh, the name of the the SI.com, it's uh, Ravens Country. Is that the name of the portal, Sam? Yes, sir. Raven Country. Uh, you can visit that through SI.com. And uh, myself and Todd Karpovic, who's also a Ravens writer, uh, you can get all of our stuff there. Great stuff, man. Hey, I appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us this morning, dude. We'll do it again in the future, all right? Great, great talking to you, Glenn. You guys have a good one. Thanks, man. Samuel Njoku from uh, SI.com checking in with us here on GCR. Trying to be therapeutic now. I'm trying to cleanse myself of all of the... I don't want to keep doing this every day this week. Look, we're going to shift. We're going to start talking about the Browns game. We're going to... You know, this is the way it goes. And I... You know what? This was a good response. Chris messaged and said... "Um, Glenn, as much as you're right about every single game being something that ends up making this city lose its collective minds. I do feel like there's something unique about what's going on right now. We've literally never seen this before. You use the phrase totality a lot. I think I do. I think he's right about that. I do think I say totality a lot. But the truth is, we've never had a scenario we've watched a team lose so many games that they had no business losing in such a short amount of time. I think we have every right to be concerned about what's going on. I think we have every right to ask questions. You're probably right that it's not worth panicking the way that we do. You're probably right that everybody's trying to get in their own narratives. But the truth is, I think every amount of this needs to be questioned. Okay. I don't, inherently, I don't have like a, a problem with that. Like I, sure. You're, you're right. We haven't seen this before. It's been a very long time. I mean, once upon a, the 1996 Ravens, you know, blew a lot of leads because their defense stunk. But it was easy for us to, con- you know, like, one, we didn't, we just weren't an emotional place with the Ravens. It was 1996. Like, we, we had no idea what, being mad about a football team, we were just grateful to have football. Um, no, we're not used to the Baltimore Ravens blowing significant leads. Remember the two that were, it's 2007 Ravens having a huge lead against the Patriots and losing. The whole timeout fiasco, like we remember that. But for the most part, we're not used to this. So it does create a uniqueness. And it does create, I think, almost a sensory overload in our response to it. Um, with the bit where we try to fire coaches, it's so it's just, dude, what? You fire coaches when you're the Panthers. You don't fire coaches sick ever. Like I, I, I hate the fact that we're even like I hate the fact that I even like listen to it and feel the need to say this. It's so insanely stupid. Yeah, you well, know, once upon a time they fired Cam Cam. You're right, they did. And it was much later in the season and things had fallen apart. The train had come off the tracks. And I think we all know that John Harbaugh probably still wouldn't have wanted to do that. He was pressured a bit. And if the train comes off the tracks for the Baltimore Ravens offensively, then at some point during the season, maybe they would. But the train isn't off the tracks. You're mad about certain play calls, and you don't like Greg Roman, so it's an opportunity for you to scream about Greg Roman. But the offense isn't bad. It's the exact opposite. The offense is one of the better offenses in football. So we're just yelling for the sake of yelling we're just saying nonsensical things because again and i say this all the time i said it on the post game show it's not as interesting to say 
I'm mad that the team lost. Which is, again, what we're actually feeling. We're actually just mad that the team lost. That's what's going on here. And so we're flying off the handle because we don't like that the team lost. Yes, the, the fact that it's happened three times, they've blown second-half leads, probably does make it more drastic than your typical loss. There's probably something to be said for that. I'm not going to be dismissive of it. I, I think there is something more when you're dealing with, as I keep using the word, the totality of the three specific losses the Ravens have suffered this season. And if it continues like that, then there probably will be hell to pay. But you're six games into a season where you're 3-3 three and three and tied for first place in the division. I, I hope by tomorrow we kind of calm down a little bit and we're again, we get it all out of us within the first 48 hours. I don't know that, but I hope that's the case. All right, hour number one of today's show is in the books. It was, uh, or you know, how about, this is, this should soothe your soul. Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, and Boog Pal sat down to talk baseball yesterday. And that's always very pleasant. And if you missed that show, I would encourage you to go right now to facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab. You can go to youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. All sorts of great ways for you to find these shows. Encourage you to do that right now. Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, and Boog Pal talking baseball. What more could you ask for in the world? Go find it in a moment. On the other side, we're going to preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. Should we be talking about Bailey Zappi more? I don't even think he's available in most leagues at this point. But let's um, let's chat fantasy football with our guy Joe Serpico next. Glenn Clark Radio. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with Season 2 of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And, of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. What is it, Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 1st at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Hartford Road. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. 
Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. All right. uh, Back in here on GCR as we move into hour number two of the program. Today's show. Actually, you know what? Just a final reminder. This is your last day. This is it. One last chance for you to get this print issue of PressBox. Today, finito, gone, goodbye, sayonara, adios, the whole thing. Mark Andrews is on the cover. He's larger than life. Today, speak now or forever forever hold your peace. Because coming tomorrow, a brand new print issue of PressBox with New Maryland basketball coach Kevin Willard on the cover, and we introduce you to uh, college hoops players from programs all over the state, men's and women's. That's coming tomorrow. You'll be able to get that at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox, or read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. But today, the final day for this one. This is it. Last chance for you to get this print issue of PressBox with Mark Andrews on the cover. Get on it right now. Or... You're going to be regretting it. I guess it'll always live digitally at PressBoxOnline.com. But if you want the print issue, go get it today. It is Tuesday. On Tuesdays, we talk about the waiver wire, and we try to fix our disastrous fantasy football teams. I'm starting to think my 0-6 team in Ryan Ripken's league just might not end up winning the Super Bowl this year. I'm starting to think that might be the case. But, hey, I'll always have the memories. Joining us now. He is our uh, our buddy, Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst, Mr. Joe Serpico, and he's with us on GCR. Joe, what's going on, pal? How are you? Uh, hanging in there, trying not to uh, freeze to death today out yeah, here. Yeah, it's not pleasant. I walked outside in a long sleeve shirt. I'm like, I'm going to be fine, and I walked right back into the house and grabbed the peacoat today. That was the You way. and I both. Yeah, that kind of day, man. All right, uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about some names. Um, I don't know if he's even available in most places, but we need to have a Bailey Zappi conversation, don't we? Yeah, I mean, so he was a guy that I liked a lot watching in college because he was putting up numbers that we have never seen before. Uh, um, Correct, he was. Uh, college football is all-time leader in touchdowns in one year, and I believe passing yards as well. Uh, but still, when you see a guy get drafted as late as he did, you don't really expect him to become a player, especially a fantasy player. But uh, he's definitely shown otherwise. He's 
He's putting up points in ways we didn't. I, honestly, I think there might be a discussion within the next couple of weeks whether he is going to take over that job permanently for Mac Jones. I know, obviously, the Patriots put a lot of draft capital into Jones, but Zappi, at least so far this season, looks like somebody that you know. If you have the plug and play, especially this week, this is a this is a pretty critical week for bye weeks. So all four teams that are on a bye this week are you know both pretty heavily rostered in fantasy terms. So yeah, if you need to spot start somebody this week. Uh, he might be a guy to uh, entertain based I, on how you know the rest of your roster looks. Obviously, I legit. I mean, if this were to continue, I have no idea how they go back to Matt Jones. Like, I, I'm always I, thinking I it's, agree, it's totally. comical to discuss the idea. The dude is playing out of his mind of late. What are we doing talking about playing someone else? Um, let me go to Indianapolis next, and I'll start with Alec Pierce. Um, was this the Alec Pierce coming out party? Is this the the moment, or was this you know? Maybe more like a situation we had with Rondale Moore a year ago where everybody's going to have a big game at some point. Let's not panic about it. Uh, Pierce, uh, we come off a week where he had, uh, I believe last week he had a significant target share. But this week I think he got the most of his points on that late touchdown drive. I think the person that I was a little bit more intrigued to see put up bigger numbers this week was Paris Campbell. Uh, He's been a guy that's always been kind of talked about as Having the talent, just somehow couldn't stay healthy, and he finished this week with, uh, I believe it was 11 targets total. Uh, so all things are kind of pointing up for the Colts' offense, at least the receivers in the past, let's say, two weeks. Uh, I'm not ready to go too crazy to get Alex Pierce on my team. Now, he definitely looks like he's going to be a part of the mix moving forward. Um, he's probably a guy I'm not going to be wasting any fab on. I'll try to pick him up on Thursday. Okay. But again, you know, if you're desperate at the position for – for a week where, you know, Justin Jefferson's out, uh, A.J. Brown is out, uh, Cooper Cup, I believe the Rams are on a bye as well this week. So you, you got a lot of significant guys that are on a bye this week. Uh, so, yeah, if you need to make a desperation move, you know, throw a couple dollars out getting him, but he's not somebody that I'm uh, basically running to the waiver wire and trying to outbid somebody on. Okay, so then the next issue is the the running back thing where, you know, if for whatever reason Deion Jackson went unpicked up just because the news came in very late this weekend, and I, I can't imagine why Jonathan Taylor wouldn't owner wouldn't have picked up Deion Jackson, but if for some reason he wasn't, what do you do? Because obviously he was a monster, but we're assuming that Jonathan Taylor's gonna be back soon, right? Well, yeah, all indications were, well, if there was a possibility that JT was going to play this week, obviously he did not. And then now even Jackson got banged up, had to leave the game early uh, this past week. Uh, you would think also that Naheem Hines might be making a return this week as well. So they could uh, figuratively be all three be healthy come Sunday. But, you know, if, if JT's back, it's definitely going to be his job 100% moving forward. You know, Jackson might get a couple carries here and there. Uh, he's deserved at least to get a couple looks throughout a game, but you know, JT went number one overall for a reason, and if he's back, you would expect him to get the, the majority of the workload there. I agree. I agree, but it was nice to have Deion Jackson for a week. That was a, that was a fun ride for your boy. Uh, he is Joe Serpico, Press Box Fantasy Football Analyst. He's with us here on GCR. Um, let's talk about the Ravens. What do you do if you're a J.K. Dobbins owner, and how do you – should you be rushing to pick up Kenyon Drake if he's still available? If he's available, yeah, he's, so he's kind of like you just mentioned with Deion Jackson. Uh, Drake might be a guy that you might only have to start one or two weeks. Um, I am surprised that they kind of just went all all in on Drake this past weekend, but we, we know from the past that Drake actually, you know, he, he looks like he's still got 
something left in the tank. Uh, he's a guy that if he is the, the number one this week and you need, again, a spot start from somebody, uh, you know, he's definitely a name to consider this week. We always thought that they were going to kind of take it easy with Dobbins, and I think maybe they might have overworked him to start the, you know, these past couple weeks. Um, so, yeah, if Drake's available and you need a situation where you want a guy like that, you definitely go out and grab uh, Drake for this week. Uh, again, I'm only throwing a couple couple dollars of fab at him just because within a couple weeks it's probably going to be Jake's job again. And then, you know, any week now we should probably be getting Gus Edwards back too. So Drake is a guy, you know, if you need to spot start this week, throw, let's say, 2 $3 out to grab him. And if not, you know, if you, if you can luck out and you can just pick them up for free on Thursday, absolutely do that. Yeah, I think that's I think that would be the way I'd rather go about doing it. But it's also unique. Whenever you play in a league that's based in Baltimore, I feel like there's more attention on Ravens players. Exactly. It makes it harder for you to get the actual value on a guy like that. Um, again, not a, a waiver. Uh, you know what, let me go one more as far as, um, you know, just, just waiver wire concepts are concerned because I, I, I am confused. Like, I... I like the idea of Robbie Anderson. I was interested in the Ravens considering him. He ends up in Arizona. I, DeAndre Hopkins is coming back. Like, how do you handle Robbie Anderson now? Are you suddenly excited about him? I guess the Hollywood Brown news wasn't as bad as they thought it was. Like, like is that somebody you're claiming, or is that just somebody that maybe, again, you're monitoring later in the week? For me, he's another guy that you just monitor just because, one, you know, we know that Cliff Kingsbury's offense is a little bit unique as opposed to others that are around the league. Uh, now it's more, you know, it's just a situation where, you know, the injury to Marquise Brown, they did get favorable news. Of, you know, at one point yesterday, I think Adam Schefter said he might be out for the season. Now it sounds, if I believe, it was like six to eight weeks, something like that. So Rondell Moore is definitely somebody I'm interested in just because we saw this past weekend how much uh, – they had to target him, and then he operates out of the slot, so he's not really necessarily messing with uh, he being Robbie Anderson. Doesn't really mess with a, with Moore's value there. But, I mean, you said it too. With D-Hop back this week, I kind of figure, uh, one, he's been out for six weeks, so you know he's healthy, good to go. Like He's got no dicks or anything like that. I think they are going to feed him uh, a lot, especially since, you know, you can't forget that this is a Thursday night game, so there's a quick turnaround. So there's not really a whole lot of time for Anderson to learn the playbook. So uh, I would, again, he'd be another guy, like if you need something to fill out and you want to hold on to him for a couple weeks, go ahead and grab Anderson. But I'm not going too crazy to have him to my team. I, like I said, I think Moore is a guy you actually want to you want to target a little bit more than Anderson, at I, least for now. On the waiver wire? Uh, if, if, I would go more for the waiver wire, yes. I okay. would because somebody's got to announce. I think somebody's got to. Well, we talked about early in the season, you know, with Greg Dortch was getting a ton of targets, and that's when uh, Marquise was still healthy. Uh, I think now Moore takes kind of the takes a little bit of the Dortch role. And then, again, because of the quick turnaround being on Thursday night, I think that uh, Moore is going to play a lot more than Anderson, and who knows if even Anderson is active just because, again, of that turnaround. What is a Taekwon Thornton, and how aware of it should I be? Ooh, Taekwon. So... Yeah, I mean, we knew coming out of the draft, I mean, he's got blazing speed, uh, and it looks like the, 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 the Patriots are going to try to target him as much as they can just because uh, the skill position players, let's face it, outside of Ramondi Stevenson and maybe Hunter Henry in the past couple of weeks, they're kind of thin there. Uh, they've got some names, like Devontae Parker was somebody that a lot of people thought was going to be 
uh, pretty good for the Patriots. Uh, Jacoby Myers, I know we've talked about him in the past. He gets proper with targets. Uh, but it looks like that they want to get him in space, let him do his thing doing that. I'm, I wouldn't surprise me if he gets uh, a lot of run as a uh, punt returner, kick returner, just because tr- that's a guy who's just trying to get the ball in his hands. But uh, another guy I'm not really rushing out to uh, to add to my team, let's say, Wednesday. You know, another guy I'm be trying to pick up on Thursday. Okay. All right. I'm I'm in agreement with that. I'm assuming you're going to say the same thing about, like, a Wandale Robinson in New York, right? It's... Yep, I would say the same thing there. I mean, just with, based on what we've seen from the Giants. I mean, the Giants, they look like they just want to play old-school football and just pound the ball as much as they can, get Saquon as many touches as possible. And I personally, I don't trust Daniel Jones whatsoever, uh, so I'm not really trying to tie with any uh, receiver that's there. Uh, but again, if, if he starts to see a significant uptick in targets, yes, you got to make a move for him. But again, not somebody I'm spending a whole lot to get. I would just prefer to pick him up on Thursday if possible. I tend to agree with that as well. Anybody else, again, waiver wire-wise or, you know, let me ask you about this name because I feel like everybody in my life that's that's fantasy-inclined sent me a message over the weekend that said, dude, go stash Kyron Williams. And I know that obviously the Cam Akers situation is a disaster. Like, I don't even know if it's worth using a roster spot on, on Cam Akers any longer at this point. It's, it's nuts how disastrous that's become. But why is everybody so hot about Kyron Williams being on my roster? Uh, Kyron, it, well, so he is a terrific pass catcher, and then he did show while he was uh, in college that he, he can uh, handle a significant load. Now, I do think that that Daryl Henderson's job exclusively moving forward, uh, I believe Williams is not even eligible to come off of uh, – off the uh, IR pup, I can't remember exactly which one he is on right now, but one of those up before another week. So, yeah, maybe it's a guy you want to stash just because Henderson does have a, a history of getting banged up, and then, you know, we've kind of reached that time of the year where you are looking for uh, backup running backs for that purpose there. Um, but you mentioned Cam Akers. I would still hold on to Cam Akers just because, you know, if he does get traded, maybe he gets traded to a team that actually will use him. Like, we still don't know exactly what happened there. And then as far as another guy that I'm stashing, I think it's more worthy to stash than than Kyron Williams. Uh, Backup running back for Carolina Panthers, Deontay uh, Foreman. If they really are serious about moving C-Mac, you know, not to say that Foreman is going to be what Christian McCaffrey is. There's maybe one other guy in the whole NFL that can replicate what he does. But, um, yeah, if he's on the move, he's somebody that I would much rather be stashing right now because he's clearly going to be the number one. Um, Chubba Hubbard's only had, I believe, like seven touches all season long as opposed to now. Not to say that Foreman's getting a whole lot of touches, but he does get a few looks here and there. Uh, so I do think that that would be his job to take over there. So if you're looking for somebody to really just stash as a backup right now and all these like trade chatter, that's the guy I'm actually putting uh, – I'll put a couple bucks on him just because, again, it's that time of the year where between bye weeks and trade trade talk, like there could be all kinds of crazy things going on. So I would put in a little bit for Foreman, and then, you know, if the C-Mac thing happens, you have their guy. If not, you know, you only spent a few dollars here and there to have him on your team. All right, Joe Serpico, uh, anybody else that we haven't mentioned that besides, you know, as you bring up Foreman, anybody else that's worth at least monitoring during the course of this week? I kind of alluded to him a little bit earlier, Hunter Henry. Uh, we know how you know terrible the tight end position could be at times. I mean, this has really been a down year for tight ends. It's, it's but he's a in the type of target. 
It's a, I, yeah, like, it really I was is. so convinced last week that Taysom Hill could just be my answer at tight end for the rest of the season, and now I just want to hang myself. <laughs> yeah, well, and I believe I, I believe I even mentioned Taysom Hill last yeah. week, but he's a guy. You know, if I thought you look like the, obviously from the week prior, uh, if Andy Dalton was going to be the guy, they were still going to give uh, Taysom Hill some looks at you know at quarterback to do you know all the gadget plays that they do with him. Um, but you know, it sounds like Winston. Might be back this week again, either on Thursday night opponents, and we know how those Thursday night games have been the past couple of weeks. So I can't—I don't even know if I want to rely anybody that plays on Thursday night for the next couple of weeks until somebody decides they want to score a touchdown. Um, but yeah, I, I get that. But yeah, for me, Hunter Hunter Henry is somebody that Bailey Zappi has been looking at pretty often. Now, injury to Johnny Smith has obviously helped that out a little bit. But again, you know, a ton of people on a buy this week again. For the next couple of weeks, and just tight end is outside. Maybe the top, let's say four or five guys, is just absolutely brutal. You know, almost everybody. I, I feel like a streaming somebody these days. So yeah, if you're looking for somebody in that spot, there, go out there, get Hunter Henry, or even Evan Room. I know we talked about him previously as well, but you know, it's just such a, it's such a crapshoot now at that tight end position. So you're just looking for guys that are getting as many targets as possible. All right, it's Joe Serpico. At Joe Serp on Twitter is how you follow him. And, of course, you see his stuff every day at PressBoxOnline.com. Um, may, may, may there be a tight end that literally starts growing on trees at some point soon because it is such a hellscape. Thank you for taking the time for us, man. Really appreciate it. Anytime. Talk to you soon. Joe Serpico joins us every Tuesday to preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. Appreciate him doing that. All right, um, today's show is also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Don't just take it from me. Take it from the radio zone, Jeremy Kahn. Glory Days Grill. Oh, the Oktoberfest menu. It's perfect. The chicken schnitzel, the brewer sausage sandwich, the brewer sausage platter. It's caramelized onions. Oh, I'm just thinking about them. Mm-hmm. I like mixing them in with my potatoes. I don't care if you judge me. I'm clearly above that. The Bavarian burger with the pretzel bun, slam dunk pretzels, cheddar ale soup, chef's kiss, glorydaysgrill.com. Order it all right now. All of it. Literally all of it. Be like Griffin yesterday. Just order everything. Make it your lunch today. One, just call up and say one of everything on the the Oktoberfest menu. And when they say, oh, are you you, you catering for a room of people? You say, I don't need your judgment. I just want some lunch. Glorydaysgrill.com. That's the website. All right, when we come back in, uh, Griffin will give us his movie report. We'll do do a book report. Uh, He watched uh, Can't Hardly Wait over the weekend. An American classic. One of the greatest films of my life. God, I love Can't Hardly Wait. Talk a little bit about the start of uh, NBA season tonight as well. That's all on the way uh, before uh, Simply the Bets. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The Baltimore County 
County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with Season 2 of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And, of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. Where's Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 105.7 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 1st at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Hartford Road. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face Back in here on GCR as we continue on a Tuesday edition of the program. Simply the Bets coming up in just a few minutes as we will try to help you win some money this week down at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Today's show also brought to you by Guilford Hall Brewery coming up on October 29th. they got a huge Halloween party, live music, costume contest, great prizes, and it's all free. It's not like a lot of places where you got to pay like a $20 cover or get your tickets ahead of time. You can just show up on October 29th for Guilford Hall Brewery's big Halloween party. You're going to want to be there. If you have not checked out Guilford Hall Brewery yet, I don't know what the hell's going on over there. My phone thinks I want to hear an episode of the Mike O'Mara show for some reason. Oh, I don't know if I said something that Siri would have confused. I actually don't even have Apple, so I don't know. <laughs> That was one of the most bizarre things I've ever experienced. I enjoy the Mike O'Mara program. It's 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 funny. Who is Mike O'Mara? Uh, Mike was uh, half of the Don and Mike show, legendarily, once upon a time. And I've always been a fan, but I don't know why my phone thought I wanted to. My phone does that way more frequently. Where I just literally, it's just sitting there. Nothing's going on, and it'll just start playing like a what, I, like a YouTube video or, or, or a YouTube video or a podcast or uh, like a Spotify song. It's actually or, pretty cool. No, it's not. It's not pretty cool <laughs> at all. It's not remotely cool. It's the opposite of cool. It's it's really bothersome. 
Um, anyway, as I was saying about Guilford Hall Brewery, it's a gem. It's truly one of the great places in our city if you've not checked it out yet. 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North for Guilford Hall Brewery. Find out more at guilfordhall.com. Highly encourage you to check out the uh, Guilford Hall Lager amongst their many great beer selections. And their Bavarian-style menu is amazing. Again, guilfordhall.com is the website. All right, so um, you took my advice. Yeah, I did. Yes. I said, hey, Ethan Embry <laughs> is a hero. He's one of the, um, the great American actors. I don't know what Ethan Embry's up to, but get him on the show, please. Okay. okay I, I know, okay, I know okay. you're struggling in this department. We, yep. This has not been a good we – we need to lock it up a little bit. We need to, uh, to put a little more focus. Um, Ethan Embry. Unfortunately, Griffin told me he's only seen one Ethan Embry film, and of course, it was Sweet Home Alabama, and that made me want to die. So I said, well, we need to change that. Ethan Embry is a great American actor. That's a little tongue-in-cheek. I do love Ethan Embry, though, and he had a hell of a stretch, and once upon a time, his stretch was so good that legitimately a girl I was dating uh, at the time, she and I had a uh, Ethan Embry movie night. We went to different colleges at that point, and so I had to drive up to Philly to spend a Friday night with her, and she was like, what are we going to do? And I was like, let's have an Ethan Embry movie night. And she was like, that sounds great. So we watched uh, Empire Records and Can't Hardly Wait and uh, That Thing You Do. And so I said to Griffin, choose one. Choose one of those films, please, as a homework assignment, and consume it, and we'll discuss it. And the film you chose was Can't Hardly Wait. Now, why did you cho- choose Can't um, Hardly Wait? I think I started with Empire Records because I think that was like the one that you were pushing the most. It and is then, a it is a classic film. And then that was either I don't know I needed I think I needed like a Stars uh, subscription. Ah. And I was like, okay, well that's yeah, that's the one. That's this not, one's out. Not not worth. It. And then I think I was trying. Uh, what was what was the other one? Uh, that thing you do. That thing you do. One. I might have. I can't remember if I tried that one or not. And then uh, so I have YouTube TV and uh, and Can't Hardly Wait was just uh, available on demand. So TV, uh, let me start. So like, with, right. Let me start with how we know that, uh, that the critics are are not are not necessary in our country. Can't hardly wait. Registering a forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh wow! Get the f out of here with that. Can't hardly wait is perfect. Get the entire way out of here. And can't hardly wait. Is yeah, I'm surprised that uh, you're such like a a non Smash Mouth fan after how much. Yeah, I'm really that. It's it's the worst thing about can't hardly wait. <laughs> By far, by far, it's the I, I believe it's the uh, "Can't Get Enough of You, Baby" was the song that was featured prominently in "Can't Hardly Wait," and I hate it. But other than that, other than that, has a lot going for it. Uh, what your expectations when you sat down to watch? Can't uh, hardly wait? I I wasn't really I really had no clue kind of what it was. Um, and then a, and then it, I mean then it quickly made it made it uh, apparent of what it was. It was just yes, you know, it's a, a it's a high school, coming of age high school coming of age. Yeah, sure. I mean it is. It's a coming of age type of film. It's a. Uh, but I, I enjoy a lot of films that are set on one one day or one yeah, night. Me too. Me I, too. I like. That's why those I like uh, Grown Ups too. Good one. <sighs> <laughs> Just because, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I like no. the uh, I like no. the uh, no the, the one day thing. No, <laughs> don't just try to drop that bomb and move on, you son of a bitch. <laughs> when I think of like one day, one night, you know, movies that that's that's one that I think of. Look, I I here's super bad. I, there, I'll give you super 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 bad. Great one. Super bad's maybe yeah. the greatest mo- mo- movie that has been made in the last thirty years. I mean, it's super bad is per- literally a perfect motion picture. Um. There's a there's a couple of things, right? The first being, I I do think that 
you these types of films, these coming of age types of films, it is easier to associate with them and to feel strongly about them when it is at then you're at least close to that age, right? So I, I American Pie of course stands out for for people my age as being the sort of definitive coming of age movie of our generation. Super Bad came a few years later. I'm more than willing to acknowledge Super Bad is better than American Pie. Super Bad truly as far as cinema as far as making a motion picture is perfection. American Pie was a great gross-out film. I, I'm not ever going to try to disparage American Pie, but Superbad is a better picture than American Pie is, despite the fact that American Pie more lined up with my time frame than Superbad did. Can't Hardly Wait is not a great, like, classically made film, but it's perfect for encapsulating every ounce of what you're going through in that moment in your life, all of the awkwardness of being a graduating high school senior, the, conf- the conflict of having your entire life in front of you, wanting to plan it out, but also just kind of wanting to get laid. It's, it does it so very well. With extreme characters, of course. Um, did you... Did you enjoy Can't Hardly Wait? Yes, yes, I did. I, uh, How I gave long it... did it take for you to enjoy Can't Hardly Wait? Wait, like at what point uh, in the film? Did very, you... very quickly. Like when they started doing the, uh, like it was very fun how they did the, uh, they did like the the headshot, and then it was like this is where they're going to school, this is mm-hmm. what their uh, mm-hmm. extracurriculars were. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is yeah, this is cute. It's this a good cool. setup, yeah, right? Yeah. It's a good setup, but that's not really action within a film. That's just no, 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 setup. No. Like at what. What scene um, stood Seth, out to Seth you? Green, for yeah, sure. Yeah, you're a big Seth <laughs> Green guy. But the special K, of course. Yes. Um, was it when he goes to the... Ba- was it when he's in the convenience store setting it all up? Yeah, yeah. Was it, was it when he goes to the, ba- as okay, soon the convenience as he, store? As soon as he came on screen, I was like, okay. This is, is this just because you love Seth Green? Is that? Uh, what I mean, is? I I'm definitely not like, like you a big Seth robot Green. chicken guy. No, I'm not. I'm not even. I don't not even that. I, I've never I, watched I, robot but chicken. But it's just he. I just thought he stole the show. Every second that he was on yeah, screen. Special K is a he, uh, yeah he, yeah Kenny of course. Uh, focus was on him, and I that and that and, okay. uh, and I right. couldn't wait until he got back to whatever his storyline was. All right, <laughs> where, all right. Where we were jumping around. All right, I am. Um, I am. I'm not gonna lie. I. It's definitely special case. Part of what I enjoy most about Can't Hardly Wait. Don't get me wrong. Um, did you? Were there parts of the film you didn't enjoy quite as much? Um. No, I mean, I. Th- I think. Uh, I mean, it was just all around like a solid, solid movie. Is like, like. Could you still associate with that? You're a young man. You're not yeah. so far removed from your own high school graduation. You're correct. Only, correct. You're, you're in your first year out of college at this point. Could you still? Uh, what, what year did Can't Hardly Wait come out? Nineteen ninety-eight. Uh, Nineteen ninety-eight. Jesus, it's even older than I thought it was. I thought it was more around the time where I graduated from high school. I guess I was a freshman when Can't a sophomore, whatever I was. Um. Could you still associate with it despite the fact that the film is nearly 25 years old? Did you still, uh, yeah, like, yeah. did, it, rem- yeah, did it still make you reminisce about yes. your yeah, own? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, think, yeah, think about the, you know, the first time you get you get drunk and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you, you know that kind of thing. You re- so, those things yes, registered yes, with you yes, despite the fact that the film is 24 years correct, old. Correct, correct. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, holds, I like that. it holds up. It holds up. It very always well. it, it's always interesting to me now because like it's hard for people to imagine like a time where you wouldn't have been doing all this like on social media. Or with cell phones or things along those lines. Like planning a party mm-hmm. that doesn't involve any of that. 
Like, that was very real for me when I was in high school. Like, I, you know, most of us had cell phones. I didn't get my first cell phone until I was a junior in high school. Um, but, like, by the time we were seniors, most of us had cell phones. There was no texting. Texting wasn't a thing at that point. Like, there was definitely no, you know, social media. That didn't exist. So we didn't plan parties. What's up, Micah? How you doing, pal? Um, so, so you, it didn't matter. You were still on board with... The, yeah, the, yeah, that yeah. I was, uh, I was, I was bought in. It didn't. Uh, I, I, uh, it was. Yeah, it was just a feel. Did you I, it was a feel good your, movie? You did know, you find yourself repeating any particular quotes from Can't Hardly Wait? Because that to me is a big one. Uh, no, no, I didn't. No, that's I can't think. I'm trying to think of what some quotes were that I would have really. I mean, what was the thing that Trip McNeely said that you? Trip McNeely, man. You, tri- I, I would just repeat the phrase. Your trip. Your trip, your trick, McNeely. Okay, every time I went back, I was often invited back to Perry Hall High School to be a part of uh, various events over the years, like senior interview day or things like. They'd have me come back. They asked me to like be the PA announcer for the homecoming football game a couple of times. And when I would go back, I would regularly share a picture, and I would be like, uh, "Yeah, it's weird. The girls around here still talk about me, right? Like, because it was, and it wasn't." Like a lot of people didn't understand, I was making a Trip McNeely reference in those moments. I appreciated those that did. Um, the Spencer line, uh, where you're like, uh, "You guys, you guys seen Spencer?" And he's like, "Dude, yeah, Spencer. Uh, and he wears t-shirts sometimes. He's about yay tall, and he's got hair, and he wears t-shirts sometimes. Yeah." He's, He's just Spencer, man. Like I would, that one was one for me that I would go with. Regularly. That is good. Um, that was a good yeah, one. no, I, there weren't any quotes. I don't think there were any quotes. All right, well, that, that, uh, that's a shame. That's and, a, yeah, and, I'm sorry. And, and you're fired. <laughs> um, uh, give me. On I mean, a, I mean, uh, yeah, no. I on a scale, now we don't do one to five around here because there's not enough options. So give me on a scale of one to ten with decimals allowed. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, where do you find yourself with Can't Hardly Wait? Um, probably about a. Seven, seven even. Yeah, seven even. Yeah, I'll yeah, go seven even. That's, that's, I go. It's criminal. I, I use Letterboxd to review all my movies, so they have a five star rating. So yeah, I no, 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 no. The, the five star ratings are stupid. There's not I enough gave it a three options. And a half. Every, everything becomes a four. Everything becomes well, yeah. a, a a four on on when you do a five star rating. Not with me because I you're I put a lot of thought God, into it. So I, three and a half is very I, good I for hate, my. I hate everything about you, man. <laughs> what? I said Spencer. It's of course Preston. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm was, sorry, Ryan. I, it's definitely. Pr- I, I don't know why my brain didn't work. That it's Preston, man. He's he's Preston. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, I. It's one of my favorite films, and I botched it. I completely botched it with Spencer. I don't know why I said Spencer. I mean, he's Preston. It. I think it's, it helps. It's Preston. So you know? earlier in the weekend, I went to see Halloween Ends. Why would you have done that? Everybody said because it was my garbage. friend. Well, I saw it Friday night. My friend yeah. wanted to see it in theaters. First, oh, by so the way, I paid uh, for it. I just want to make this an official right now. We are going to do a midnight screening screening of a uh, Violent Night. <laughs> it looks like the greatest motion picture in the history of motion pictures. I, I. No offense. I'm very excited about Black Panther. Don't get me wrong. I will go see Black Panther as quickly as I possibly can. I need I, like anyone who knows anyone that can get me into an early screening of violent night i will pay significant american dollars i've never been more enticed by a trailer in the history of motion pictures like I, it looks i swear to god it looks like it's as good as die hard it looks <laughs> that good god damn that is a good looking movie trailer 
What is going on in the world? We need more violent nights. Of course, I'm going to be really disappointed if it's not good. But the trailer is amazing. And they play in the baby please come home in the background of all of it. Like, just, I, wa- I want to jump off my couch every time I see the violent night trailer. Anyway, right, sorry. Very good. Um, so but yeah, Halloween is probably the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it stinks, right? That That's the word. It's so it's terrible. It's just god awful. So you, you uh, but so yeah, so I saw, so I went, so I watched. Can't hardly the, wait later. Wipe the, in the taste out of your mouth. I think you are. I think you're being unfair. I think it deserves a better grade than that. I'm not going to try to pretend like it's a ten. It's definitely not a ten. Like I'm not. No one would attempt to say that Can't Hardly Wait is a ten. Super Bad, however, is a ten. Mm-hmm. Like legitimately, there are films that are ten. Super Bad is a ten. It's perfect. Where, how are we with the release the tapes? Uh, a uh, push. Did we ever get that out, Mike? What the hell's going on with the TikTok? We were doing so well. There was no content last week. What's going on? I don't know. I got to get back on it. The hell happened? We got to do one today. Well, yeah, I mean, we should, but what about all of our stuff that we were supposed to be putting out there? What about all the the, the clips? What happened with all that? I don't know. I got what do you mean you clips. don't know? It's you. You're the guy. The, I have all the clips it's like in the a, bank. It's like saying you don't know. It would be like asking John Arbaugh what's going on with the Ravens, and he's like, I don't know, man. They got to get that figured out. <laughs> You're in charge. What's happening? That's my fault. That's my fault. I got them all saved the up, hell all is edited. Go- the hell is going on around here? What the hell is happening? We can't get a guess anymore. Micah can't get any clips up. What the hell? We, we, it's, it's, it's over. We, we did our best. We tried. We might have to bail. It's over. Um, uh, was, it, was it enough that you're willing to consider my other recommendations? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. It was definitely a fun movie. I enjoyed I am, it. I am, Nothing I am, blew me away. But I am concerned. Was... I am concerned that you're not going to be able to connect with Empire Records because I'm guessing you never went to a record store in your life. I, yeah, I have not. I'm, I have I'm not. concerned that you won't be able to register. I can try to imagine way. I have. And <sighs> nervous about that'll this. help I'm very nervous about your relationship with empire records but it's a damn great film it's outstanding i'm not i'm not proctor says he hasn't been this excited we're talking about violent night now he said uh thank you griffin i appreciate your movie review yeah. i can't hardly wait go see it um <laughs> to theaters today uh he says i haven't been this excited about a clearly bad movie since snakes on a plane i'm not willing to give you that it's a clearly bad movie i don't think it the snakes great, personally. what violent night yeah. get the f out of here I, you're it, stupid it doesn't seem like you're i mean stupid. david harbour is fantastic david harbour is fantastic like i don't it's not gonna be halloween ends bad but like i don't no, think I, it's I, when we say clearly bad i'm I, I i think it's more likely to be cult classic than classic but in fairness, like most people felt that that was what Die Hard was going to be. I think there's a real chance that Violent Night is outstanding, is just a joyous romp. And I feel like that's one of the things that we miss now in films because like, we, we we're not willing to say that they're good if they can just be joyous romps. What's the one I always bring? There's always a movie I bring up where I'm like, you guys are stupid. This couldn't be more fun. Damn it, this is going to drive me nuts. There's an action movie that gets panned all the time, and I'm like, what are you looking for in a film? everybody hated the stupid skyscraper movie with the rock i'm like what did you want this to be what did you think this was it was such a rock movie yes it was just it was fun it was a fun film i'm okay with 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 fun i like having fun and watching something i'm like this is great this is exactly what i wanted out of this movie i think violent night is going to be that I think violent, and I do remember, of course, the phenomenon surrounding snakes on a plane. We were all in on snakes on a plane, but we all knew it was, it was dumb. It was just we just wanted to get the part where Samuel L. Jackson said, "I'm tired of these mother effing snakes on this mother effing plane." Like that's what we were there for. We were all we all went and saw it immediately. Like we did. I think this has the chance to be a more joyous romp 
than Snakes on a Plane was. I think you guys are underselling the greatness of Violent Night. I think this is going to be a... Time will tell. We're doing a mid- just, midnight screening, baby. Okay. Midnight I just love screening. the quote in the description that says, he's about to show why Nick is no saint. God damn, that's good! It's perfect. God! <laughs> oh, by the way, a, a Proctor brings up the rundown. Also, an outstanding action movie with The Rock. And I believe, uh, was that uh, not Sean William Scott who was in that with us? Speaking of American Pie, great movie. Lots of fun. I don't even know what that, that, that got on a, the old Rotten Tomatoes. I have no idea how they registered, but it couldn't have been more fun. It was a fun film. There's room sometimes for just to be a fun freaking movie, man. Smoking Aces, that was a fun movie. I don't know what that got on Rotten Tomatoes. It's just fun. Just the, a great time. The just, rundown got a perfect 69%. No, that, is a, that is the accurate. That is definitely the accurate. That's every rock movie. should just be a 69%. Yeah, and that's probably about right. And look, the Fast and the Furious films aren't for me, but I'm sure if you're into them, you're into them. Like, it's you're not getting anything much different each time one comes out. It's going to be what it's going to be. Oh, yeah, Christopher Walken was in the rundown, too. I forgot about that. Um, it's just a fun flick. Uh, everything about Violent Night screams fun. Screams movie theater experience. Screams go and have a good time and don't try too hard. Don't overthink it. It's just going to be a great time, and you're going to be glad that you did, and I feel like I'm going to watch it every year. I'm going to demand that my children watch it on Christmas every year for the rest of their life. I think that's the way it's going to go with Violent Night. I was supposed to talk about the NBA. We never oh. got to it. Well, uh, that's uh, it. The NBA starts tonight. I actually have a betting angle for. Yeah. Uh, oh for, yeah. What yeah, you got? For, do, should I save it for Simply the Bets or go for it now? Um, save it for Simply the Bets. Okay. Since it's betting related, save it for Simply okay. the Bets. Okay. I actually have Stick a. Tri- around. I have a trivia question for you, uh, as well as whatever you're going to give me. Let's get uh, uh, tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the Tyus Bowser Show. No Tyus Bowser Show tonight. I, I'm, I'm sorry. It just didn't work out schedule-wise for Rita and I to be able to be there. And um, with next week being a Thursday night game, we just weren't able to move it the way that we wanted to. So we're just skipping this week. We'll be back Tuesday, November 1st. We will be at Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill. Look forward to seeing you there for the next Tyus Bowser Show. Find out more at PressBoxOnline.com. The Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of PressBox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. All right, so according to NFL research, Daniel Jones became the first quarterback to beat the last two MVP quarterbacks in consecutive weeks uh, since Sam Bradford did it when he beat Aaron Rodgers and Cam Newton. So he obviously, so Daniel Jones obviously beat Lamar and Aaron Rodgers in back. I also weeks. saw it was like the first time ever, maybe that all four, like the last four yep, NFL MVPs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so uh, A. Rod, Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, and Tom Brady all lost on Sunday. First time. Uh, in NFL history that the last four quarterbacks to win the MVP award all lost on the same day. How about that? Uh, And now moving over to my actual question for you. Uh, Boy, Cody Bellinger, he's got the fourth most uh, strikeouts all time in postseason history. Okay. So I wanted to, so that made me look into, uh, you know, who the other guys are up on this list. So uh, I want to see if you can name the top, uh, let's go with the top six, I guess. So I'm looking for five other guys. I'm basing this off of yesterday's question, but Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, no, not on there. You gave a tidbit but about he's, Aaron Judge yeah, and striking did. out a lot, so I feel like you've been misleading. He's, uh, but he'll, I, I would think if, he's going to come close though, because. All right. Uh, uh, this feels like it might need to be an opportunity type of thing. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Right there. Um, Jason Giambi. Not Jason Giambi. Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez, top three, 91 strikeouts. 
Cody Bellinger will quickly pass him, assuming that well, assuming he stays well, at Dodger, I guess. And oh, I mean, yeah, he's not going to do it this week. I know no, that no, much. No, no, not going to happen tonight. <laughs> uh, most career strikeouts. Most career strikeouts um, in the playoffs. Most career strikeouts in the playoffs. Uh, Proctor wants to guess Reggie Jackson and Alex Rodriguez. Uh, Alex Rodriguez, not in the top six. He is 77. He is in the top uh, is 10 here. Top 10 for A-Rod. And then uh, Reggie Jackson has 70. So not not top not top. Six. I'm assuming they all have to be pretty modern because they are they are relatively modern. Yes, more playoffs. It's always the difficult part when we do trivia questions about baseball playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, are there is there a Yankee? There are three Yankees. Oh, they're all Yankees. There's three. There's three Yankees, and then one more that is an active player. That's not a Yankee. So who knows? He could be Bernie Williams. Bernie Williams is uh, right behind Cody Bellinger, 85, rounding out the top five. Paul O'Neill. Not Paul O'Neill. He's a professional hitter. He shouldn't be striking out. Tino Martinez. Tino Martinez has 72. Not tell me top it's six. tell me it's Derek Jeter. It is. God, number that's one. great. Number one by a pretty wide. A number one. Oh crap. 135 strikeouts in the postseason yeah. for number sure, two. Sure, I'm sure he should have been a unanimous Hall of Famer. I'm sure that's the thing. I'm sure he was worth a, a seven-part documentary. Uh, there's still one more Yankee. There's one more Yankee. And Posada. One more, yep. Or okay. Posada, number two, 109. And then he said there's an active player. Yes, round, active player rounding out the top six. Active player rounding out the top six. So it's an yeah, it's got to be an Astro, right? Bregman, not Bregman, or well, he's a, he's not currently an Astro, but he was. Did all his striking out as an Astro. Oh, uh, Correa. Correa. That's so weird. hopefully he does some that's striking kinda... out. Hopefully he does some striking out for the Orioles. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know about that. But that's weird that it's Correa. That seems a little odd. Again, opportunity being the uh, mm-hmm. yeah. situation. He's 79. There. He's actually tied. All right. Uh, I got this from uh, ESPN's Jamison Hensley. Ravens tight end Mark Andrews recorded his ninth career 100-yard receiving game this weekend. It ties who for the most in Ravens history? His ninth career 100-yard receiving yeah, game. ties who for, for the most, most in Ravens history? Mm. Mm. Only got to guess one name here. Yeah. Just need one. That's all. Uh, let's go with 100 yards. We got to move. We got to move quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go with Derek Mason. Derek Mason. No. Uh, is it more recent than that? I don't. Uh, Tory Smith. Tor- not Tory Smith. Anquan Bolton. Not Anquan Bolton. Yeah, Steve. No, not Steve Smith. Nine career 100 yard mm-hmm. receiving games. Just keep mm-hmm. firing away. Names. Mark Andrews. Mark title. Clayton. Mark Clayton is correct. Really? Mark. I was between Clayton. him. And De- I was between him and Mason guessing first. Mark Clayton. Ugh. It was a bit a wow. bit surprising to a lot Mark of people. Clayton. Mark Clayton before this had the record for the most career 100 yard receiving games in Ravens history. Who saw that? Who saw that coming? That is surprising. All right, uh, very good. Here's what's coming up Totally Tubular-wise. Totally Tubular is brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Pre-order yours right now, ginsugrills.com. Use the code TAILGATE. You'll save $100 on your Ginsu Kamado Grill. The Ginsu Kamado Grill. Outstanding. Got to see it in action. Go. Re- you can also register to win yours when you stop by the game day firehouse, the Firefighters Union Hall, just west of the stadium before every Ravens game, 1202 Ridgely Street. You can register to win your own Ginsu Kamado Grill and $500 worth of grilling meats. Here's what's coming up. Um, they weren't able to do it yet last night, so they're going to play game five between the Guardians and Yankees this afternoon, 4 o'clock on TBS. I saw Nestor Cortez is going for the Yankees. Did the Guardians ever announce 
Who's pitching? Uh, I think they were saying. They think it's going to be Bieber. I don't know if they announced it yet. But everyone thinks it has to be. Bieber. They don't have to start Savale. Mm-hmm. Um, nope, they're still announcing it to Savale. Really? Savale. He's let up like I think he's had like two starts against the Yankees this year, and he's mm-hmm. let up ten runs. Well, that doesn't seem ideal, but that's who they're throwing today. That's the plan. For Maybe game for like an five. inning or two. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's at four o'clock, and then Game One of the NLCS is tonight at eight. On FS1, Phillies and Padres, Zach Wheeler and you Darvish, the pitching matchup. NBA season gets underway on TNT. Sixers, Celtics at 7.30, Lakers, Warriors at 10. ESPN's got Flyers, Lightning at 7, Kings, Predators at 9.30. Loyola Soccer's at home against St. Joseph, 6 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, USA is Brighton and Hove, Albion and Nottingham Forest at 2.30. Throw out all the records when those teams get together. WWE NXT tonight at 8 in USA, USA and AEW Dynamite at 8 on TBS. Uh, anything non-sports-wise that stands out? Uh, no. No. Cool. There you go. New episodes of Reboot and Bachelor in Paradise and The Patient on Hulu. I, I, I do want to watch. I mean, enough people have told me that Reboot's good that I want to watch it, but i got too many things in front of it on the list right now, unfortunately. It's going to be a while before mm-hmm. I get to that. All right. Thanks today to uh, Samuel Njoku. Thanks to Joe Serpico. We'll get that up in the greatest hit section of the Arch. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Stuff and things tomorrow? Stuff and things. Boy, we are. We got to lock it up. Got to lock it up. All right, thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Baltimore County Police Department, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Guilford Hall Brewery, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin, Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, Micah, TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. But great. Sure. Sure, why not? Just do the thing. It's simply the bets. Uh, go, go, Guardians. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. Simply the bets is next. Sorry. Welcome in to Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Glenn Clark, Griffin Bass. In just a couple of seconds, we'll head out to Vegas and chat with our buddy Aaron Oster from VEASAN. Then later on in the program, we will chat with Leon Twyman, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. I'm guessing they had another good weekend with the uh, Ravens losing and and some of the favorites, like the Packers falling apart. I'm just guessing it was another good weekend for the book, but we will find that out here in a bit. FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel is the best place to watch and bet on air.
everything, including, of course, football throughout the weekend. If you want to reserve your spot for a Thursday night, for a Saturday of watching college football or Sunday, you want to get your own table, you want to have a set of reclining chairs for you, your friends, to come out, spend the day in the book, watching football and winning money, email events at sportssocial.com in order to reserve your spot. Let's head out to Vegas where our guy, Aaron Oster from VEASAN, is standing by. What's going on, pal? How are you? I'm uh, doing pretty well. How'd your bets do this week? Um, eh, You know, mixed bag for me. Like, I hit some big ones. Like, I definitely I, – I had the Jets. I had the uh, – the Falcons, for example, I actually had mm-hmm. the Falcons uh, winning outright on the money line, so that very was nice. a, that was a very good one for me. Um, now the thing about that though is I also had the Ravens in the first quarter again, which had been oh perfect for me all season. And if there had been a camera set up in the 105.7 The Fan Studios, I was oh god, I don't want to admit this now. I um I was sitting in there with my producer Caleb. And I, I sure. said, Caleb, I'm in a really weird spot right now. If anybody was watching the game and knew exactly how the first quarter was coming to a close, it was a 0-0 game. And the Ravens were moving the ball. And I was like, this is good, but I need this drive to end. <laughs> like, I can't have them carry the <laughs> drive over. Don't go for the touchdown. That, and I said, like, and I want to say it was a third and 12, third and 13, something like that. Literally, as they're about to run the play, I looked at Caleb and I was like, dude, I desperately need this to be an incomplete pass. Like, I've never needed an incomplete pass more than I need this to be an incomplete pass. And when, when the pass was incomplete, I jumped out of my chair. I was so happy. I was like, <laughs> we got it! We got what we need! We're cashing it for a fourth straight week. We're getting the Ravens winning the first quarter. All we need is for Justin Tucker to do exactly what Justin Tucker does and co- go out there and stroll his way through, casually knocking a 56-yarder through the uprights. I was throwing air-high fives. I was very happy. <laughs> and when and I, the loudest doink in the history of football, by the way. I have never – it was like the goalpost was angry. The loudest <laughs> doink I've ever heard in my life. And, and I, I wish that it could have been captured on video. I collapsed out of my chair. This is a straight shoot. I <laughs> collapsed right onto the floor. <laughs> I remained on the floor until they came back from commercial. I could Well, not you, you, you know what that loud noise, why it was so loud was the gambling gods. Uh, that, <sighs> that was them yelling at you Sons for, for trying to script it that way. God, I was so happy. Aaron, it was like they had won the Super Bowl. I was so happy. And everything came together for me. I was like, this couldn't have worked out better. And then a Justin Tucker missed field goal costs me a fourth straight cash in on the Ravens in the first quarter. So I missed on that. And then I also had um, I had a little bit of action on the fight on Saturday night. And I had it going to round four through six. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, but... Hey, it almost made it out of round one. <laughs> there we go. It came up a bit short on that one. But, uh, yeah, mixed week for me. It was a bit of a mixed week for you, my friends. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. How you feeling about that uh, Bills-Chiefs thing, huh? How you feeling about that, huh? I mean, you know, it, it was looking good for a bit there. Yeah, well, okay, <laughs> I'm sure it was. Maybe that wasn't a loser bet that you should make. Maybe when I was like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe that wasn't a bet worth making a loser. Uh, Ravens over two and a half touchdowns. I'm actually quite mad at you about that, but uh, I didn't play it, so I've got that going for me. 
Um, you did, uh, you did uh, hit your love, so you got that going for you with the Colts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Griffin also brought to my attention that um, you you should be feeling good about your long shot from two weeks ago. The Astros winning the World Series over. Oh no. Oh, no. 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 Oh, no. No. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Aaron had him over the Braves. Over the, the Braves. Braves. They're, they're still in the playoffs, right? Nope. Nope. No? That's out. Mm. So that one is off the table as well. All right. New week. New opportunity to make some money. Five L's of betting that Aaron will offer us this week. A local bet, a long shot, a long term, a lovable, and a loser bet. Let's start locally. What you thinking about? You know, I've been talking to you for weeks that I, I kind of wanted to get off the Ravens. And I think I'm going to do it this week, even though there is one prop in their weekly special that I kind of like, which is that uh, Nick Chubb and Lamar Jackson are com- combined for 200 yards rushing at uh, plus 150. I kind of like that. I want to put it on your radar, Shoot. but it's not my pick. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, it's something I want to put on people's radar. I, I get it. I don't think I would bet it. I, yeah. And that, that's where I am. I, it, it's something that I think is worth noting. I think you should do your research on it. And because it's plus 150, I think it might jump out at some people. But I just want to put it on your radar. That's all. Um, but I am going to go into college football. I am going to bet the Maryland game uh, this week. And the total for the Maryland Northwestern game is uh, 52 and a half. Mm. This is despite mm. Northwestern not having a very good offense. They've scored seven games in each of their past two games, granted against Wisconsin and uh, Penn State. But they also only scored 14 against Miami of Ohio a few weeks ago, uh, of course. Oh, yeah, but that's, because, wow. that's because Miami, Ohio is a juggernaut. I don't understand why you're being so disrespectful. I, you know what? You're right. I, I'm sorry for uh, all my friends in the MAC. And uh, Miami, Ohio is a fantastic team with a fantastic defense. Um, obviously, Maryland going, probably going to their backup quarterback. Uh, way, num- for the record, the number has dipped to fifty-one and a half. Ah, yeah. I did like it a lot more at fifty-two yeah. and a half. I, I will still, I will, I will still play it, though. I know it's going to hit twenty-eight, twenty-four now. Like yeah. that's absolutely going to happen. Almost certain it'll go. Almost. That way. Yep, it's absolutely going to happen. Um, really, it was at it's here, like twenty minutes ago. It was at I hear, yeah, it's sitting at fifty-one that's- and a half right now. I'm so sorry, my friend. <laughs> All right, I'm still I'm still going to give it out. I do think there's going to be a lower scoring game than uh, predicted because of the injuries, um, because I just don't think Northwestern is very good. Look, I'm uh, I'm going to go under in this uh, game. Obviously, we're still waiting for official word. Correct that Mike Loxie hasn't had his press conference yet. Has no, he? yeah. Correct. So we're still waiting correct. for official word. Like, and by the way, that's been all, all of the rumors are are all over the place with this. Like, right. it's so bizarre. But yes. It seems unreasonable to assume that Talia Tungavalo is going to play on Saturday. I'm in complete agreement about that. Uh, what we saw from Billy Edwards, you know, he can run. Like, he can do that. Yeah. I don't, I don't I know. I think he's going to be competent. I think he's going to be competent, but I do think that they're going to tone down the offense. Like, I don't think they're going to try to put up 42, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's probably fair. I, I, look, I, I am in agreement with you. It does seem like the under is the play for now. I'm in agreement with you, although... You know, I get it why you liked it more at 52 and a half than at 51 and a half. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm in agreement. I think that's a, a pretty good bet. Uh, where are we going for a long term bet? Tell me something you like when you look at the futures markets. Uh, for actually my next two categories here, it is uh, the opening of the NBA season mm. uh, tonight. 
So we are going to give out a couple of NBA bets here. Okay. For uh, the long-term bet, I'm going to go into, actually, these are two award markets here. Um, I'm going to go into the defensive player of the year market. That's very random. And I'm going, yeah, but it's one that's actually a little bit more predictable than you might think. It's not something where people come out of nowhere too often. Um, obviously, Rudy Gobert. Uh, has won it three of the past five years. There's a reason he's the favorite in this one, but I'm not giving that to you. And so I'm going with the second favorite, and that's Bam Adebayo at uh, plus 700. He was fourth in Defensive Player of the Year voting last year and had the third most first-place votes. This is despite only playing 56 games and before the injury, he was even the betting favorite for a decent chunk of this season. So you know he's on everybody's radar. Again, they like voting for people who have done well in the past, kind of putting them on the radar early on. Um I, I'm actually, you know, I'm surprised it's up at plus 700. I understand why Gobert's the favorite. I thought he'd be a little bit closer to Gobert for those reasons. And because of that, I think plus 700 is actually for a guy who, again, without the injury, probably would have won it last year. I think there's some good value there. So I'll take uh, Bam Adebayo at plus 700. Okay, I hate it. Um, I'll give you the one that I don't, I don't. I have no opinion about it whatsoever. Sure. Yeah. Why, why not? I don't. I, I probably wouldn't be betting against any... I probably would just work under the assumption that Rudy Gobert is going to be the defensive player of the year until he isn't. It's sort of the way that I would operate there. Um, I uh, I put in a little bit. I dip my toes into the rookie of the year waters, mm-hmm. and I am riding with Keegan Murray as rookie of the year. I okay. love Keegan Murray and the opportunity that's there for a Kings team that appears to be making sort of a transition a little bit. Our intern Mike is a huge Sacramento Kings fan. It's a very strange, strange bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I kind of love um, not only Keegan Murray as a player, but how he looked in the summer league, how he's looked in the preseason, them having him lock up LeBron James. Like, everything about it screams to me, this dude is a bucket. He is a machine. I like Keegan Murray at plus 460 as uh, NBA Rookie of the Year, tied with Jaden Ivey now. As the, ooh, he's now the, tied with the, He was the third favorite before. He's now the second favorite, tied with Jaden Ivey ooh. behind Paolo Look at that, Bancaro. getting ahead of it. <laughs> um, weird. I, I, yeah, I liked it more. I, I think I got it. You know what's funny? I don't think the number changed. I think it was about 460 where I got it. I don't know why Jaden Ivey's so, number so, has changed. Yeah, Ivey dropped a bit. Yeah, just yeah. probably money coming in. Yeah, that's weird. All right, uh, next one. Long shot. Give me an underdog you like. All right, again, we're sticking with the uh, NBA awards market, and we're going to the MVP market right now. And right now, the long shot I'm looking at, Trey Young at 42-1. to 1. Okay. You look at last year, stats were good enough to be the MVP equation last year. Averaged you know, 28.4 points, 9.7 assists on 46% shooting. If the Hawks were better, he would have had votes. And I think the Hawks should be a lot better this year. And I think they have a good chance of winning the Southeast Division and getting one of the higher seeds in the Eastern Conference is all of a sudden – they turn that four seed into a three or a two. You're going to be starting to talk about them. And if you have a player averaging 30 and 10 like Trey Young did last year, uh, I think he's going to be smacking the fit right in the middle of the MVP market. So at 42 to one, I do like that. Look, man, I get it. I get it. And I get why you say, hey, the number is juicy enough that it's just worth throwing a couple bucks on. I would do it. I just. I don't know. I really feel like it's going to be difficult for anyone who isn't at least 6'9 to ever win NBA MVP. <laughs> I just really am starting to feel like it's going to be – I know somebody's going to say, hey, what about Steph Curry? I get it. I get it. I understand. I just – God, it's cartoonish what some of these other dudes are doing. All right. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Oster is with us. Oh, by the way, uh, how's that Micah Parsons MVP uh, coming along? How's that looking? Hey, it's, it's you know, it, it's 
still, yeah. you know, it's, awesome. No, it's not. No, it's not. What an insane, what an insane suggestion that was. I did have someone point out to me that, like, despite the fact that Matt Judon has been arguably the second best defensive player in football this year, his MVP odds are still something like fifty, or not MVP, but defensive player of the year odds are still something like fifty to one. Like, I, I'm, I'm at least poking around on Matt Judon defensive player of the year market right now because he's been a monster. The Patriots have become quite relevant because of it. Um, I am, I am. I'm considering the Matt Judon defensive player of the year market at the moment. Just putting that out there in the ether. I, yeah, I, I don't hate it because of the odds. I just think that it's because of how much attention Micah Parsons is getting. It's going to basically take an injury for him not to win it. But no, I mean, for the or, number I Or it's going to take him yeah. facing other good left tackles and not being as good. I mean, like, dude, he wasn't hurt on Sunday night. He just stunk. Like, he just wasn't good. He faced a good left tackle and he got shut down. Like, I... I, I, if the argument is just because it's Dallas, like the guy in Dallas is going to get, if he has a good season, he's going to get more attention. I hear you, but like the idea that Micah Parsons is just that much better than everybody was kind of proven to be false on Sunday night. It's... I mean, not proven to be false for one week. It was proven. I, I understand, but again, we were, and... the idea that he was yeah. so much better than everybody else that like he yeah. was head yeah. and shoulders yeah. above everybody else. I'm still saying he's very much among the best defenders in football, if not maybe the best defender in football. Like, yeah. But the idea that he was vastly better than everybody else that part was proven false. Like it took one matchup for him to look, you know, not even human, bad on Sunday night for him to be a yeah. non-factor in that football game, which was the highest uh, profile game of the season. All right. Uh, Aaron Oster is with us from VEASAN out in Vegas. Let's go with the one that you love. Get there. However, you must get to the FanDuel Sportsbook. Oh, do, do you want to do you want to do the love before the loser? Oh, did I? All right. You know, my fault. My fault. It's been a, it's been a day. Give me the loser first. Aaron. Right. You, 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 you tell you what you host the show. You know what? I'll do that. This is my show now. I'm going to give you the loser. Um, and it's funny because I actually, when I first looked at this market, it was something that I wanted to investigate as a possible long shot. And then I looked at it and I laughed at the odds and I was like, oh, this is going to the loser category. And that's, uh, you know, it's something people are talking about a lot more now than they were last week is uh, the Eagles to go undefeated. Uh, FanDuel does have that. The Eagles go undefeated. The problem is the odds are only 18 to one. Um, mm. And even though I think the Eagles potentially, again, as a long shot, I would have liked this, uh, to go undefeated, I, I think the schedule lines up nicely for them. Uh, there's no way you should only be getting 18-1. to 1. And I, I, I did the math. I went through it, and I, I just gave them, if they are minus 300 favorites in every game the rest of the season, which they're not going to be because the minus 300 is a big number, that would be like – a seven to eight point favorite in the rest of the games. So I just, for this exercise, I put it in as every game is minus 300 the rest of the way. Uh, you should be getting 24 to one on that bet. And again, it won't be uh, minus 300 the rest of the way. You'll be getting lower prices. So even if you really love the Eagles and you believe in them, um, roll it over. Just bet on the Eagles every week. Take sure. your winnings, take your money, put it money. back in on the next You'll make so much more money that way. Eighteen to one is a terrible bet. They probably won't go undefeated anyways because you know, teams yeah, don't go undefeated. It's the NFL, right? But even if they do, you should be getting a lot more than eighteen to one. Okay, I like that. I I think that 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 math absolutely maths. And then now, uh, oh yeah, you're supposed to be hosting the show. Yeah, now on my show, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you my love 
which I actually really love, and I, I do want to pull it up really quick to make sure that the odds haven't moved mm. on it because they've moved everywhere mm. else mm. Uh, in the market. They hadn't moved as of, and no, it is still uh, right where it is. You talked about it earlier. There is one team in the NFL this season who is undefeated against the spread, a perfect 6-0 ah, Help me a great deal. That's right. And that is the Atlanta Falcons. And I still, despite the fact that they are 6-0 against the spread, I still don't think they're getting quite enough respect because at FanDuel, they are 6.5-point underdogs to the Bengals. I don't think the Bengals have done enough to show that they should be that big a favorite over a team with an offensive pulse, which the Falcons, with all their flaws, certainly have an offensive pulse. Um, it has moved in just about every other market, so this is one, if you do like this, I would advise run out to the FanDuel Sportsbook right now because it's moved to six pretty much everywhere else, but you can get it at six and a half there. So I would run. I would take it. Give me the Falcons plus six and a half over the Bengals. All right. I like it. I I do. I like that, and I am afraid it's going to move uh, before I'm able to get there, but I really do like that bet, the Falcons plus six and a half. All right. There you go. Remind everybody what's going on with Eason. Uh, our NBA guy just came out. You can check that out at vison.com. You can get all of our uh, – all of our deals, all of our coverage, football, basketball, hockey, everything that we do, you can check it out at vison.com. At uh, the a the sorry, at the a oster is how you follow him on Twitter <laughs> as well. Easy for me to say. Hey, buddy, appreciate you. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Hope everybody hits their bets. That's Aaron Oster joining us from Vison out in Vegas with his five L's for sports betting this week. When we come back in, we'll head to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. I think the book probably had a pretty good week. We will talk to Leon Twyman about that next. Simply the bets. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today stand the fan here welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors the costas inn and everybody around baltimore knows the costas inn is a great place to go and grab crabs steaks salads soups whatever's on your mind to eat in person but did you know that the costas inn has upped their game they are now one of the premier takeout places in baltimore give them a call now to order your food 410-477-1975 that's the costas inn over 4100 north point Boulevard. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State. And we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of demos, ravens, and terps at pressboxonline.com. 
The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a a three-and-a-half-star review, too. All right, back in here on GCR. So Aaron Oster just said to bet the under in the Maryland-Northwestern game. It is relevant to point out it's not GCR. What am I doing? It is simply the bets. Something's going on today. I don't know what's going on today. Um, Aaron Oster just said to bet the under in the Maryland-Northwestern game. Now, Mike Loxley has just made the announcement. Talia Tungavailoa, not out for the season. In fact... Game time decision for Northwestern on Saturday. The word from Mike Loxley is that Tungavailoa re-aggravated a previous injury. Um, it is the MCL, apparently, that is the issue for Talia Tungavailoa and could potentially play on Saturday. I think the assumption that most people will make is, with Maryland having a bye week coming up and with Northwestern, frankly, being bad that the most likely scenario would be that they try to rest him for this week and get him back after the bye if he can come back after the bye. Obviously, Talia Tungavailoa not being done for the season is very good news, extraordinarily good news for Maryland football fans. But as far as betting for this week is concerned, I kind of line up with Aaron. It would not dissuade me from the under in the Northwestern game. I just think that like the most likely scenario would be that they probably try to ease him up. Maybe they even let him dress for Saturday, but only play in an emergency situation. The emergency being you're losing to Northwestern. Like that would definitely be an emergency. Um, I, I, I still would be cautious about this, and I would not, as of now, be scared off the under. Maybe the hope is that the possibility of Talia Tunga Bailoa playing ticks that number up a point or two, you know, at least from the 51.5 that it's sitting at right now. But 51.5 gives you room for this to be a 27 24 football game and for you to hit the under. And with Northwestern, again, and you could say, hey, Indiana didn't look all that good and, you know, they scored a bunch of points against Maryland last week. I understand. I understand, but I do think the style of the game that Maryland will look to play will change if Talia doesn't play. But that's the word. Not a season ender for Talia Tungavailoa and a game-time decision, according to Michael Oxley, for Saturday against Northwestern. File that away as you decide how you want to bet. But the uh, number as of right now, 51.5 for Maryland and Northwestern. Let's talk more about some other bets that are available to you in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. He is their general manager. He's our friend, Mr. Leon Twyman, and he's with us right now here on Simply the Bets. Leon, what's going on, bud? How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing this week? I'm all right. Is there any way we can get that uh, Maryland Northwestern number to go? Who can we talk to? Who can we tick that number up a couple of points just to, <laughs> to help us out? Who do we know? What, uh, what do we do about this? 
Yeah, that would be nice, right? That'd be very nice. I'd be very happy about that. But such it is. Uh, I think I think it's a smart decision to bet the under. All right, let's get into it. I'm going to guess you had another good week in the book this week. Just insane. Obviously, good for the books, bad for everyone, pockets including myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you have told us before that um, you just get a lot of action on the Ravens, and the Ravens losing outright. I'm going to guess was really good for you guys. Definitely good. And, you know, you and I actually talked about this last week. You were you were kind of believing I, in with the, uh, the I, Giants. I did, not, and, I did not get the line. It did not make sense to me. <laughs> and I just, I wasn't convinced, but I'm, I'm now convinced. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, like, I'm not convinced that they're going to go win a Super Bowl. I just, I was convinced that they shouldn't have been six-point home dogs. <laughs> like, right. Like, that's the, I, there's a big difference between thinking a team is, is a great team, but, like, you know, I, I'm telling you, if that number had been that they were three-point home dogs, I definitely would have been on the Ravens, and I still would have lost, right? Like, it just didn't seem like the right number, and, and as it turns out, it wasn't particularly close. But far from the number that was off by the most this weekend, far from it, there are a lot of big number of what numbers that were way off. Nothing more than the Packers Jets game. Well, actually, maybe the Patriots Browns game was the most off. Um, but the Packers Jets thing, uh, insane. I'm going to guess that was also very good for the book. Yep, that game, and then uh, also Tampa Bay oh, and yeah. Steelers. That was good. That was just crazy. Um, you know, and what's really wild is we had a ton of bets on Dallas as well. Yeah, that's because you guys are cockroaches. You know that. <laughs> You're everywhere. Yeah, that that doesn't that that seems a little bit dumber, but actually as it turns out, that almost ended up hitting, right? Like Dallas makes yeah. a furious comeback. They had a real chance. Um, yeah, good weekend in general for you guys. Anything that stands out, any big winners or any close calls that stood out to you over the past week? <laughs> no, honestly, we like every big bet we took, we pretty much won. Wow, um, which wow. was crazy. We, we had a uh, we had a forty thousand dollar two leg parlay, uh, Tampa and Green Bay. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Forty thousand dollars, and you went over two. <laughs> oh my god! Like, imagine the confidence that person walked in there with. Like, yeah, easy week. Steelers and the Jets, no problem. We got this. I bet even they, they, what, what what did it stand to make? It couldn't have been all that lucrative, could it have been? No, it it was not that lucrative. I don't remember exactly what the uh, potential payout was, but oh, it, it wasn't. God, <laughs> just lighting $40,000 on fire. God, that is awful. That is, is brutal. 40000 on that. We had 20000 on Ravens to win. Oh. We had 15000 on Ravens, 10000 on Ravens. Like, it was just insane. What about uh, what about Alabama? Was that good for you guys? Uh, yes, that was that was good as well. But we did not have anything large on that. Okay. You so know, it's just, large, just a bunch of small I bets. I large guys so. had, like, five figures. We had, we had a couple thousand dollar bets on it. Um, okay. But nothing, nothing too crazy. Yeah, but it makes sense. I mean, everybody just sort of—it's the way that we operate as a society. We're like, yeah, we're gonna bet on Alabama because they're Alabama. Like that's what we do as a people. We're like, yeah, we just keep betting Alabama. Typically, we're gonna end up winning, and then you know, every now and then something like this happens, and it is great news for the books. Um, so that well, that's that's wild. That's wild. Did you see people start to use the same game parlay plus 
option this week? Did you start to see some of the like really elaborate parlays come in? Yes, people are absolutely loving it. Um, it it's just it's just making retail that much better. So it's enticing people to come to the Maryland Live property for that. Like it's it's absolutely amazing. So give me an idea of like did did you did you take twenty five like did you take an actual twenty five leg parlay bet this week? I haven't taken the twenty five leg parlay, but I believe okay. there was someone last night that I think got it up to about nineteen or twenty legs. Damn, dude! Damn, I am assigning, I'm tasking Griffin with trying to come up with a twenty five leg parlay for a, a, a future show. Like, I want to have fun with this and figure out a way. Like, the most likely, like, make it one that we really believe could hit. Like, if we can put, because like twenty five legs, I feel like you could take like a college basketball night and just pick like everybody that should win and still come up away with like make some real money on a parlay like that right like when you're yeah, able I to believe put, it well. I can't wait to do that I could pick but, I could pick but, every but college basketball is, but, game ever but this is the problem with college basketball right. inevitably five of those teams are going to lose yeah. like the college basketball is so impossible any longer maybe maybe we look at it for Saturday maybe we look at this Saturday and college oh no it's better when it's non-conference I don't know how to make this work, but we're going to do this math and try to figure out a way yeah, to put together a okay. 25 leg parlay. Uh, Leon Twyman is. Dude, it's going to be very difficult. Like, there's no way. It's just. No, how could you possibly hit a 25 leg parlay? <laughs> Come on, man. It couldn't happen. I can barely hit seven. Correct. I don't know that I've ever hit more than five. Uh, I have a tidbit coming up that uh, is a 25 leg. What? No. Yes. Did somebody hit? Yes. It was oh, a baseball one. There was like I'm the looking, three baseball games on Wednesday. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I know you guys said that you were testing out uh, cash outs. Have you started that process yet? We have not started that just yet, um, but it should roll around very soon. Do you have a feel for what that will look like once you get there? So if you if you scan the ticket on the kiosk, it will tell you what your um, max payout will be, okay. and it will also give you your, your early cash out option. Okay. And you'll have to confirm it twice. That way there's no accidental um, cashing it out early. Sure. So it will ask you if you would like to cash out early for this amount, you'll select that option, and it will ask you again, are you sure you want to cash out for this amount? But the onus is so on you. You've, you've got to go back to the kiosk in order to – you're not going to like be able to get a text saying, hey, you, know, uh, you want out of this bet right now? You've got to go do it yourself. That is correct, and it only works for regular parlays, no same-game parlays, and for straight bets. And and you have a, a gut instinct on time frame for when that's going to be an option? I don't just yet. Okay. Um, I will get with FanDuel on that and see when exactly we will go live with that, but it should be very, very soon. What else? Like I said, the, the function is there. We're just testing at other properties since – uh, the Maryland Live property is just extremely busy. We just don't want to have any type of hiccups with the amount oh, of I get tickets it. that we place. I totally get it. What else is on your radar this week, Leon? Right now, <laughs> start of NBA. This is sure. This is an NBA market. I, I feel like at this point, because we've been making so much money with NFL, um, I think we're going to take some losses now with, with NBA, and especially with hockey already starting as well. Um, we took a little hit last night with the Capitals game, mm. but um, we we're definitely going to take some hits with NBA. Someone's going to hit a twenty-five leg. <laughs> really? Just because it's all the individual props, it's all the the player props, right? It's... 
yeah, like someone, someone's definitely going to hit it one time at least. Wow, wow, that could be a big one. Um, I know it's a it's a weird time for the UFC fight this week, but are you guys, and it's like a two o'clock in the afternoon for UFC 280. Are you guys going to be showing it there? We will be showing it, um, and it will be very interesting with it being so early, just because of obviously football and right and whatnot going. On. I know you guys normally get huge crowds for fight nights. This will be an interesting one. Is again, it's in the middle of the afternoon, but it's a it's a bit. It, this is a big card, right, Griffin? This is a huge. Yeah, this, this is a big one. This is a, a lightweight lightweight championship. Yeah, yeah, on Saturday afternoon at two o'clock. So. If you want to be there to watch the fights, I would encourage everybody to reserve their spot by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com right now. Same game parlay plus available. You can still register your Super Bowl futures bets. That 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 promotion runs like literally through January, correct? That is correct. Runs until January. Fan- so those in <laughs> uh, twenty-five dollar futures bet on the Super Bowl. You can register at FanDuel.com/sbnaz in order to win two tickets to the Super Bowl in Arizona. Leon Twyman, anything else we need to cover, man? Well, I just saw that Sean O'Malley is the underdog on Saturday. That's where my money's going. <laughs> Ooh, look at you! What do you think about that, Griffin? Uh, I mean, it is interesting, Sean O'Malley being an underdog, but I mean, Pewter Jan is very good. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's definitely it's hard you not say to say you don't it, like it. It's say hard you, not say to, you hate you. You don't have to worry about making Leon mad. This way, next week when when you lose, <laughs> Leon can come back and rub it in your face that you had no idea what you were yeah, doing, talking about. I mean, about. <sighs> Sean O'Malley. It's just I mean, say I, think, it. I think he's got to get a knock. I mean. <sighs> Say what? Say something. Don't. I would take Pewter Jan. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Now Leon can come back next week and <laughs> rub your nose in it when you're an idiot. All right, buddy. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday, all right? All right, thanks. Have a good one. Leon Twyman, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Winding down here on Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It is time for Griffin to give us our tidbit of the week, and apparently it involves a legitimate 25-leg parlay. We do need your microphone back. Yes. Yes. Uh, So it was a baseball one from Wednesday. Got it on the rebound. Um... Uh, where where was I? Yeah, so the Phillies Braves they so they did a th- so they picked three games between the baseball. You want me to read off all twenty five? Uh, uh, if you legs? Can, if you can do it quickly. All right, let's see how quick I can do this. Yeah. Uh, so in the Phillies Braves game, they had Acuna Acuna to get a hit, Darno to get a hit, Bryce Harper to get a hit, JT Real Muto to get a hit, Zach Wheeler to get five at least five strikeouts, Kyle Wright to get at least four strikeouts, Phillies to cover alternate line plus three and a half, um, and they lost three to nothing. <laughs> so that cuts that hit. Uh, the under nine and a half. Uh, and the first inning result to be a tie. <laughs> then in the Padres-Dodgers game, they had Manny to get a hit, Mookie, Will Smith, uh, Brandon Drury to get a hit, Yu Darvish to have at least five strikeouts, as well as Clayton Kershaw. Padres to cover the three, a alternate three-and-a-half run, uh, run line. Uh, under nine-and-a-half, and a first inning tie as well. And then finally, in the Mariners-Astros game, they had Julio Rodriguez to get hit, uh, from Valdez and Luis Castillo both to have at least five strikeouts. Seattle Mariners plus uh, three and a half, and then the was the was the Yankees game also rained out on this day because they had uh, so yeah, so actually okay so I did lie. It's not technically a legitimate one oh. because they had three bets void because I guess the so Yankees they had a twenty two leg parlay. That's pathetic. Yeah, yeah. it's like they're not even trying. 
So they put $25 on that, and it paid out 180000 That seems like a decent way to spend $25. That seems like it was okay. Actually, i got to be honest. I was, I'm a little surprised. It was only 22 yeah. legs. It was only 180000 Although they used some alternates. Yes. But, you know, like, but yeah, I mean, that's how you hit. How wow. How you hit. Wow. Um, wow. Your uh, Arizona Coyotes. Yes. And NHL, so since 2015, NHL underdogs of plus 370 or higher. They were plus 390 yesterday. They had been 3-14 and 14 straight up. Um, and that they are now, those underdogs of plus 370 more in the NHL are now 4-14. Four yeah. the Coyotes yeah. knocked off the Maple, the Maple Leafs. Leafs. Correct. Yep. Only two bigger upsets uh, since 2015. The Sabres beating the Bruins in 2015, and then the Coyotes in April against the Wild. How about that? Yeah. I don't know why. I have no idea why those teams would have been. <laughs> I mean, the Coyotes stink. I do yeah. understand why they're huge underdogs. I really do. They're terrible. They're god-awful. Um, but so they beat the Maple Leafs. Take that! <laughs> Up so yours, Toronto. So DraftKings had a uh, had a had an <laughs> odds boost. Yeah, it may, you know maybe you guys are good at other things, but uh, hockey belongs to Arizona, <laughs> obviously. Maybe you a guys sign gonna, of things that come for the season. Yeah, you guys can have your Justin Bieber's and your you know maple donuts or whatever. Drake hockey belongs to Arizona. Everybody knows that. Um, so DraftKings they boosted Justin Herbert to throw at least one touchdown last night. Oh, I saw this. Yes. This is crazy. so normally a minus eight hundred bet. They boosted it to plus one hundred. Um, and in his in thirty seven or thirty six of his thirty seven career starts, he has thrown a touchdown, including twenty six straight games. And then last night he did not so throw a touchdown. So this is ballsy and i don't know how many people chose to make the bet i have no idea how much they made off of this but like i'm going to guess it was it was well worth it for them like and i get it they they knew what the risk was and they were willing to take the risk for the advertising trade-off that they were going to get a bunch of attention for it and that hey if you go make one bet you'll probably make more bets than that like i understand all of the reasons why they did it but what what's crazy is the thought that like they knew something that they really looked at the Broncos' defense, which, you know, as much as we make fun of the Broncos, the Broncos' defense has played really well, and they said, yeah, we think there's something here. We think not only, like, worst-case scenario, we get all the advertising, we get all the attention out of it, people make other bets, but we think we've got a non-zero chance mm. of this cashing out. The Broncos have only allowed something like six touchdowns all season. Problem is they've barely scored six. I touchdowns. get it. That's I mean the Broncos <laughs> have big, obviously huge problem. I mean, the Broncos are a disaster, right? That whatever. Yeah. Four, yeah, I mean, it, look, man. There are people trying to make it seem like last night's game was worse than the Broncos Colts game was. It was not, but it wasn't thrilling. Like I'm in agreement on that. It was not thrilling, and the Broncos offensively are just I mean a, a, a cluster f. But this actually comes off as almost diabolically genius. Mm -hmm. Like they had really done the math on this and said, look, there is risk. And this could blow up in our face, but there's also a chance that we'll get all the advertising out of it, all of the other bets people will make, and we might win. Like, we might, we might still, this might be the time to do something like this, because there's a chance that we're going to win this one. And they did, and ends up being a Big, big hit for who is this? DraftKings is that who? Yeah, it was, it was DraftKings. Yeah. We don't like them. No, we so, don't. Yeah, get the f out of here. With uh, there were two people who this who last night's game was thrilling for. Somebody had an exact score, nineteen to sixteen bet hit. They put twenty five dollars on it. It was one hundred forty to one. Paid out three and a half thousand dollars. Three point five k. 
And then somebody else. So this guy tweeted. So at last night around 6 o'clock, he tweeted out his bet. He said, uh, everyone's going to say no one had had Greg Dulwich to be the first touchdown scorer. Wow. Uh, and he's like, but I'm going to be sitting here in my lair like the Grinch. Okay. And he got Greg Dulwich to score the first touchdown, 42 to 1. He put $403 on it, and it paid out 17, 17 grand. Damn, man. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Chuck Goldberg. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, someone had $1,000 on a seven I, mean, I had no idea who the guy, I had no idea yeah, who no, the no, guy no. was. I literally yeah. had never heard of the guy before last night. It's not. I'm, it's a straight shoot. I had never. Greg, I, like, oh, Greg Dolich. Yeah. No, not. Yeah. Not. yeah I was like. I, 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 when, when they said Greg Dolich, I was like, there was another guy earlier this I year was, where I was like, I don't know that I've ever heard of mm. Colby Parkinson before. I definitely. Who's the guy that was catching for the giant? Uh, Bellinger? Bellinger. Or, Daniel uh, Bellinger. Bellinger. I, I, who is that? Who good, is that? Good NFL tight end, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Might be my fantasy tight end within a week. I'd never heard of him. Maybe Greg Dulwich because Albert O's been stinking healthy and yeah, active. Definitely was a guy that I drafted before the season, by the way. Definitely the guy that I was like, I don't have to get a tight end here. I can wait for Albert O. They got Russell Wilson now. That Broncos offense is going to be legit. Get the f out of here. Um. So they had a one that they put one thousand dollars on a seven log seven leg. Why do I keep saying log leg underdog parlay? They had <laughs> after you had that Taco Bell yesterday. Yeah. It might have been about seven logs. <laughs> uh, so that was Tennessee. good. That was good. That was pretty good. I deserve yeah. a point for that one. <laughs> so they had Tennessee Falcons, Colts, the Jets, uh, and and they also had an under hit, and they had two legs left, including the Monday Night Football under. But they had the Cowboys money line uh, in Sunday Night Football, Oof. and so the, so the bet would have paid out four hundred fifty thousand uh-huh. dollars. Did they have a cash out? They had a cash out before Sunday yeah. Night Football of seventy seventy k. God. So they wrote. They read. They, oh they, God! They Stop to let doing that, you stupids! Somebody is offering you seventy thousand dollars in American money. Take it, take it. And then, so then, these this person does have a cash option. So they put three thousand dollars on the Phillies to win the World Series mm. before the playoffs started, mm. plus three thousand. Okay. So it would pay out ninety k, but the cash out right now is only eight thousand seven hundred dollars. <sighs> This is tough, right? Because I don't think there's a chance the Phillies are winning the World Series, but, you know, I, I can't tell you that they're not beating the Padres either. Mm-hmm. So I get why you don't want to cash out yet. I, I I understand that you're trying to do the math. Like, the likelihood that you're, you're getting swept by the Padres seems thin. The real issue is can you ride it past one loss, right? Like, if they lose tonight... That number is going to dip down to like six thousand dollars, right? And can you afford to ride it out for another loss? Like I feel like you you're basically playing night by night at this point. Like you want to ride it out for tonight, see if they win that game, because even then, if they lose game two, you're still going to be in good shape and you're still going to have a good cash out option in in play. I'm kind of with you, but you go down one zero. I think the first time you trail in the series. I might have to dip. I might have to dip at that point because it's just too much of a risk. It's an interesting thought process. It's yes. very interesting on how that plays out. Uh, so the NBA uh, angle I found was, uh, so since 2019, teams playing so games in the first five games of the season, mm-hmm. they have stayed under the total uh, 65% of the time. So the under 72 and 39 Ooh. in these games, when the closing total is between 215 points and okay. 225. Okay. So as it stands right now, worth. they would both the, both games tonight would be active with okay. uh, Sixers Celtics over under is 216. Okay. Lakers Warriors is currently right at 225. So you're saying bet the unders. Yes, if they saying. as long as they close at right. 
in that in that zone. All and right. then the Maryland under is already at fifteen and a half. <sighs> Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Don't like that. Don't like that. <sighs> Sorry. I was really I was talking myself into twenty seven twenty four still being a good number. I was yeah. like, Yeah, I like twenty seven twenty four. Look, I mean Northwestern stinks, but we're just scared off by the fact that Maryland couldn't slow down Indiana on Saturday. But this game is at home. Uh, I I think I'm still on it, but I don't know, man. At some point, I start to get nervous. I start to get a little antsy in my pants about that. I think if it goes down more than another point, I gotta I gotta bail. I gotta bail on it. All right, very good. Thank you to Griffin. Uh, thank you to uh, Aaron Oster. Thank you to Leon Twyman. Uh, do we have? No, we're not doing simply the bets this week. So we're we'll back next weekend Tuesday. It's not weekend of bookies. Right, we're not doing weekend of bookies. I don't know what's going on, man. I got a, got a lot of questions. <laughs> got a lot of questions. We're not doing a weekend of bookies this week. We will have uh, Simply Bets back for you next Tuesday. Oh, I have I have one more that I oh, forgot. Da- to quickly, I'm sorry. It's 12:36. Some moron got the, the Yankees. So he got a bet slip tattooed on his arm that says Yankees 2022 World Series champions plus 550, with his wager on it of five thousand dollars to pay out thirty two thousand dollars, and he got it tattooed on his arm, like right here. And we're giving him attention. Yeah, we are. So, so it worked. It, it that's worked. the point. That's the point of all of this. But, uh, all right, very good. Uh, we will see you next Tuesday morning. Get down to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland this week for all of your bets. Um, this has been Simply the Bets. May the odds be ever in your favor.